Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Good morning to you. HawkFanatic.com brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental, and Cedar Rapids. Wild Rose Casino in Clinton. Streets Maintenance, the Oxyoke Inn and the Amanis, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City, the Midtown Family Restaurants, Supo's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROSE, GT Car and his great crew at Supo's Building and Remodeling, Mike's E-Keys for Cars, Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement, and Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Here's Tom Souter, Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com, and uh, Coach Don Patterson. All right, Coach, good morning. Um, on November 20th, 1896, Grinnell College came to Iowa City to play the Hawkeyes at Iowa Field. What did that game have in common with Iowa's game Saturday? I'd be cheating if I answered because okay. they announced it after the game. Oh, did they? Yeah. Donnie, do you know the well, answer? I have to admit, I'm not aware. What would that answer be? Be the score, Same 15 score. to 6. Yeah, Matt Weitzel. Same exact score. Yep, Matt Weitzel gave us did that it, little Did it involve a touchdown, a PAT, two field goals, and a safety? Was that combination in play? That I do not know. I don't think they had that information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's available, though, if you did enough research. I'm sure it is. Probably so. Uh, let me say this, guys, and I bet you might agree with me. Those listeners that are old enough to remember, I realize the game played out. This reminds me so much of 1981. Yeah. Think back to 1981, an offense that was anything but spectacular. Honestly, nothing special at all, but at least that understood it was critical that they protect the ball. We did a great job protecting the ball in 81. Our guys are doing a great job protecting the ball this year on offense, too. We had a freshman kicker back then by the name of Tommy Nickel. Everybody remembers 9-7 to seven over Michigan. Mm -hmm. Three field goals by a freshman kicker. We've got a sophomore kicker in Drew Stevens that's as reliable as anybody that we'll ever have in place kicking. 
And then, of course, we have a defense that reminds me so much of that 81 defense. Think back to guys like Andre Tippett, Mark Bortz, Bobby Stoops, uh, Todd Simonson, uh, Mel Cole. Yeah. It was just a bunch of Army guys that, that just played. Yeah, really, and they just played lights out. They they were physically tough guys. They were uh, they were going to uh, you know really beat up on the other team, and you saw our guys beat up on Wisconsin on Saturday. The other the one difference though, I think you guys had a tougher schedule back then than the current. That schedule, is true because I think the Big Ten was a little better than this particular West Division year. But that's not Iowa's fault. I mean, Iowa's going to be favored, barring any un foreseen developments they're gonna be favored in these last five games i mean these i mean illinois went and won at maryland so i mean they're they do have life i did not see that coming but don this schedule is so favorable and the way iowa takes it one game at a time i i mean my biggest threats right now are rutgers and nebraska those two games but if you look at it this team could go 11 and 1 with a horrible offense i mean think about that (laughs) did you ever think you'd see that it's difficult to do. That's for sure. Yeah. You better have uh, you better have the world's best punter, and I think we do have yes uh, the world's best punter. Uh, you better have a defense. You know this defense might not be quite as talented as last year's, but you're kind of splitting hairs, really. Yeah. And I will say this defense. Uh, you talk about a bunch of headhunters. Uh, these guys. Um, let's start off with Sebastian Castro. You know he's he's been a little bit uh, back in the in the um, in the wings of the operation so to speak but he really shined on saturday played a great football game and uh, he was just one of many that did you know we have so many on defense that are all uh stepping up and making plays uh and of course we have to have that because we're simply not that not that talented not that healthy on offense and i think sebastian's playing as good as i mean cooper DeGene included right now he might be playing the best of all the d-backs and he's having a great season. I was thinking about that coming home from him. He might be playing all Big Ten like football. I mean, he was great on the field. His ability to pre- to tackle an open field, Don, which you talk about a lot, is so impressive. He never seems out of position. And, I mean, it just – the Wisconsin offense just – I mean, I I know they lost their quarterback, but they weren't doing anything with their starting quarterback. I actually thought the backup came in and kind of gave Iowa a couple looks they weren't as prepared for, but then – I mean, Mordecai wasn't doing much, was he, against that defense, Don? Well, I did. I did mark that. I have uh, seven huge plays in the course of the game, and one of those plays was the play that eliminated Mordecai. Mm-hmm. That was one of them because I, I did think it was significant, uh, and I think the backup did okay. Mm-hmm. But I think Mordecai would have given him a better chance. Oh, I'll, I think he would have given him a better chance. He just wasn't playing very well. I didn't think when he got hurt. They. Yeah, let me uh, let me just pull up. Um, it was a hit by Higgins. Right? Yeah, yeah. One forty-eight before the half. Mordecai indicates he's got a hand injury. Uh, that was the third huge play of the game, and and seven of those huge plays, four of them belonged to the defense. There were two uh, huge field goals, of course, and then of course the eighty-two-yard touchdown run. Uh, but Jay Higgins' helmet came into play. Mm-hmm. Great job of closing by Jay. Uh, just a kind of a fluke injury, but but uh, the hand hits the helmet, and um, and Mordecai realized I can't throw a football. I've got, I, yeah, he I slammed no his helmet down up. when he got to the sideline. He slammed his helmet down because I think he knew he was done for the day. I think he knew yeah. he wasn't going to be able to come back. Yeah, and in the first half, 
talking about stymieing Mordecai, even Mordecai had some nice plays in there. But here's here's what's telling. Uh, third downs in the first half, Wisconsin's 0 for 8. Yep, 2 for 17 uh, so overall. If we, if we got it down to a critical down, they failed in all eight, all eight opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and let me tell you one reason they failed. In some cases, they needed eight and they gained seven. Uh, and a lot of the time, it was an open field tackle, yep. so often by number 29. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times he had a key tackle in the open field that left him a yard or two short. I marked down four. Uh, and it, yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, he's talking to Brady Allen, for Christ's sake. I mean, that guy's a hard guy to get on the ground. Uh, but Castro did it. Uh, did it time and again. He wasn't the only one, of course. If you want to talk about the first key play in the game, it's another tackle on on their star running back. Except this time it was a cornerback lightning by Cooper. Produces minus yeah. two. That was on fourth and one. That was big. And and Cooper would say, Well, I gotta give I gotta tip my cap to our play caller because he's the guy that realized we're gonna fire our corner. Uh, and with a little bit of luck, he's going to be in the backfield untouched, and that's exactly what happened. About midway through the second quarter, I tweeted, it felt like Wisconsin was a team built to run that was trying to become a passing team, and Iowa looked like a team that just does what it does all the time, and every once in a while it works with the rushing like it did Saturday. I just don't think Wisconsin's built to play the way the way they want to play right now. And that's what Kirk brings up a lot when we ask him, well, you just can't switch. Well, they're trying to just switch. I thought they would have been better off trying to run the ball more. They had some success, but it just seemed like they were content on trying to beat Iowa in space, and it just didn't work. Do you see any of that, Don, or am I way off base? No, you're correct. I believe if it's something like this, 14 of the first 17 plays were pass plays. Yeah, and Iowa ran his first seven plays. And it's not like they're it's not like they're chopped liver with the running game. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's really kind of hard to hard to figure why they went so heavy for pass to start the game, but they did. One reason maybe they they did have the the wind at their back, as mm-hmm. I understand it, when the wind out of the north in general. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And um, and it's funny since we're talking about early decisions. Uh, you know, I made a, a comment. Um, with Kurt, we were just talking about coin toss and what to do with coin toss, things like that. And I said, well, one of the arguments for the coin toss, of course, when you defer, uh, the other team typically takes the ball unless you're in a hurricane. Of course, they take the ball, which gives you the win to start the game. And, of course, in our case, it would put our defense on the field if we deferred and they took the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kurt brought up a good point. He said, he said, my only issue with that is we have a history of starting slowly on defense. Typically, if teams have a scoring drive against us, it might be the first one of the game. That is true. Uh, the first possession. And he said, I realize if we do take the ball, um, you know, the pressure's on us. And But really, if you think about it, we just need to make a first down or two. And if we do that because of Tory Taylor, we'll have a great chance to flip the field and give them even worse field position than what they would have after the opening kick, if we kicked to them. So, uh, sure enough, it worked out that way. We had two first downs, excuse me, and then punted the ball away. Well, speaking of Tory, there's been some interesting discussion. I mean, I wrote a column prior to the game saying he was my midseason MVP, just like he would have been last year. I think it's hands down. There's other, I mean, Cooper DeGene, Sebastian Castro. There's other <sighs> players, Jay Higgins. But to me, and Don, I want to ask you this. I, mean, I, I hate to even compare it to Reggie Roby because Reggie Roby's kind of like Niall Kinnick. He's just kind of somebody you just leave alone because he was so. 
But it was brought up to me that Tory might even be be a little better at pinning opponents deep than Reggie was. Is that true? That is true. Okay. That is true, and I'll tell you why it's true. Reggie Roby did not pooch punt. Okay, Reggie has the NCAA record. It's Mm 49.8. But uh, Reggie didn't pooch punt. We had another guy that handled short punts. Uh, And, of course, Tory handles all punts. Yes, he does. And some, well, of his, some of his best punts are punts that he doesn't get much credit for yardage-wise. Uh, but was it the first or second punt that, that backed up from the one-yard line I think to it was the three? That was amazing. Yeah, that was. I think it was the second one. That was incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, Reggie's a great punter, don't get me wrong. But, Tory, in terms of, in terms of um, uh, multi-talented ways to punt a football – he clearly has the edge on Reggie because he, he's mastered the art of backing up that punt. It is. It's amazing to watch because it's, he he's an artist out there. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And let's not forget too. Here's another reason we have to value Tory so much. He is absolutely outstanding at holding for place kicks. Uh, very yeah, and true. You t- and you take stuff like that for granted. And the snap. What's it? Luke Elkin, the snapper. There. No, they. They make it look routine. I mean, but that takes a lot of practice, doesn't it, Don? Yeah, yeah another good point. You've heard me brag on Luke Elkin before. Uh, he is so reliable with his snaps. Matter of fact, a week or two ago, I saw him at practice, and I said, "Who says a snapper can't make an open field tackle?" Because he made an open field yeah. tackle. Yes, he had on the previous Saturday on punt. So he actually hustles downfield after the snap, but his snaps are almost always on the money with good velocity. You know, if you're somebody like Wisconsin, you're thinking, well, let's, let's just throw the kitchen sink at them in terms of punt rush. Go ahead. Feel free to do it. You're not going to get there because the snap's too good and the get-off is too good. Uh, you know, by get-off, I mean ability to try to get the ball out quickly. It was interesting. Uh, it's almost impossible to block one of our punts. It was interesting in the second quarter. Their fans were booing the offense. I yes, mean, they it, were. I mean, it, was, it wasn't quite as heartfelt as the Iowa boos have been, but – this has been a shorter period of frustration for the bat, but they're frustrated. I mean, and that team looks like it might have a few losses in it because, I mean, their injuries are big too. I mean, they miss Chaz Malusi. I mean, they just don't have a lot of absolutely. They, I mean, Braylon Allen's built to run in a power team. If I'm someone like Braylon Allen, I'm like, what am I doing here? This isn't the Wisconsin I committed to. But he still had you know almost 90 yards. But Don, were you? Did you think Wisconsin's passing attack looked effective when Mordecai was in there? Just what were your thoughts on it when they were in the through the first two quarters? Well, it still scared me a little bit because Mordecai can really rifle the ball and does throw with pretty darn good accuracy. And I was impressed with Green. You know, that was uh, um, he did have some nice catches. Nice play. Yeah, they made some nice catches here and there. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would. I would just simply say this. Let's not forget, if Mordecai plays the entire game, another issue for us would be his ability to extend play. Yes, that was my number one concern coming in. Yeah, and uh, the backup, even though the backup has a good arm, he's undersized, he's not the runner that Mordecai is. Uh, He doesn't have the savvy, of course. Mordecai played in so many games, you know, that he'd thrown for 9,000 yards or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a good player, and it did help us that, that he got eliminated from the game. Let's not forget that we lost an outstanding, truly outstanding tight end as well. Yeah, So we both lost key players. 
Yeah. So we were down to tight ends number four, four and five. Four or five. Yeah, Johnny Pascuzzi. My, yeah. Um, we actually have a nice photo of Johnny and his father reached out to me, a picture of him making a nice block on LaShawn. He's in, though, though. Mm-hmm. He's now, I mean, additional string has been out. So they're down to their fourth, fifth. Zach Owert, the freshman play. He made a great block. He did. and so, But that's the next man in. And, Don, you made a comment earlier this year. Man, if there's one area where they could maybe handle some – depth injuries you hate to see it happen but it would be tight end because i remember you saying man they've got seven or eight tight ends that look like they're ready to play yeah we have um of course two of the very best in college football they're both injured now yeah um but you know nobody's going to feel sorry for us so we'll carry on and and the one thing you can count on both luke and Derek are going to do everything they can to coach those guys up yep. just from a teammate standpoint they obviously know the, the finer points of tight end play better than the other tight ends, but they'll get a lot of great coaching from from Coach Hodge and also um, um, a lot of great coaching from those injured tight ends too. And if Eric is out for the an extended period, which I'm hearing, and Kirk made it pretty obvious when he said it's not good, he's injured, he'll tell us more tomorrow. I'm sure some people out be, will be out tweeting whatever they hear whatever it is or whatever, but um, – Eric, I think, played enough this year to help his cause, hopefully. Didn't you think he showed enough, Don, in half of a season? I mean, he's been playing pretty well. Well, I'm trying to figure out if he has. Does he have another year available? He has a COVID year available. He, he does. I mean, he could he could use that, and um, as could Cade. Cade's already indicated he has. Kirk will probably tell us um, to, uh, tomorrow if Eric if if Eric's out for the rest of the year, but maybe I would. Do you think he's decided already what he's going to do for that? It'll be interesting to see. But he has a decent body of work this year in six games. Yes, he, he does. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he, there's a lot of good video of him making plays. Of course, uh, not to mention a lot of good video of him uh, as an effective blocker too. So uh, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe it'll hinge a little bit if if Luke decides to come back. Maybe Eric will feel it's just. One more reason he's okay to leave because um, it'll be left in the good hands of Luke Lachey. Sure. And uh, uh, we'd love to have most back, of course. Oh, but of course. may not work out that way. We're going to support them whatever they choose to do. Uh, but uh, I'm just proud of both of them for the job they've done and for the the um, the tradition has been carried on because of guys like Luke Lachey and Eric Hall. You know, tied in play, something special at Iowa. Always has been and always will be, I suspect. Yep. And I, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think they're both NFL tight ends. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to what the NFL is telling them. I mean, and, yeah. and I, you know, I completely get that. But I'd love to have them both, both back next year. Um, but okay, so Don, you're, they're coming into this Minnesota game now. And I'll tell you what, I, I, hopefully they, the players and coaches don't feel the way I do. I don't give Minnesota any chance of winning. But I can do that. I'm just a fan. I mean, I do. Of course, there's always a chance, but I'm not that worried about Minnesota. And that's kind of a scary feeling because I don't usually feel that way. How do you guard against that, Don and Tom? I was just going to say Lisa Bluter has a better record in Kinnick Stadium than all of Minnesota's uh, coaches this century. (laughs) Well, they've lost eight. They've lost nine. They've lost, what, nine out of ten? Against Iowa, eight in a row. So yeah, no, it's been PJ hasn't yeah, beaten. You know, no, the only thing that worries me, the one thing that does worry me a little bit, uh, is simply the fact that they they had a bye. That's true. That's that a worries, good point. That worries me for two reasons. One is uh, at least at least a lot of minor injuries have a chance to heal up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you lose a guy for the season, he's out and he's not coming back. 
but I would imagine the usual bumps and bruises any team has uh, after that after that bye, uh, they have a little more spring in their step simply because they've had a chance to recover from the physicality of football. That concerns me that they're coming off a bye. Uh, the other thing that concerns me is it just gives Minnesota more time to plan for a game against Iowa. Uh, you know, they had a chance to work on Iowa this week, and then, of course, after the Wisconsin game, they'll study that and, and they'll maybe make some adjustments in their planning uh, this this particular game week also. So they got two weeks to get ready, not just one. Uh, but having said all that, we're back in Kinnick. Uh, I know one thing. I, I remember one time uh, I was – we at West Illinois, we were playing. We uh, we played a, a great football game against LSU to give them a little bit of a scare years ago, and they they were such a great team. It was an inspired effort on the part of our team to even be in the game with them. Of course, one week later, we played a much lesser opponent, and the thing I did, um, I told the players, I said, I'm not going to. I thought about reading some of these messages I got from LSU fans reading them to you guys right after the game, you know, a day or two after the game. I said, I didn't do it because I knew if I did that, we wouldn't have a very good week of practice because you guys would, your heads would be so big, you wouldn't be able to fit them through the door. So I'm, I'm sitting here waiting until Friday night, the night before the next game. And I read some of those messages from LSU fans that had been LSU fans for 50 and 60 years. And they said, that was the most inspired opposition they'd ever seen, you know, comments like that. I read those to those players right before the next game. It happened to be against a, a team called Tennessee Martin, you know, a lesser one double-A opponent. And I said, here's my request. Can you guys play with the same effort and enthusiasm tomorrow night against Tennessee Martin that you had for LSU? If you can do that, the game is going to be over by halftime. Halftime score was 42 to nothing. Wow. So we did it, I think. I don't know that we played at the same level, but we approached it at least. We didn't have a letdown. That's the point. So all I would request of our football team is play with the same effort and enthusiasm against Minnesota that you had in Camp Randall. And I think they if will. You do that, if you do that, it's, it's not going to be much of a contest. We're going to win it and look comfortable doing it. Well, the the line sits at right now. Mine, uh, Iowa's favored by four. Wow, I thought it'd be a little bit more, yeah, but nobody a, trusts the a, Iowa offense. Yeah, I would think the players would probably see that as kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, because you get three for hosting. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll give them a little extra motivation. Uh, but the announcers did correctly mention they flashed up our schedule. And they said, it's not hard to imagine Iowa's going to win every last one of no. these games. But the reality, too, with the way that they're forced to play football right now because of injuries on offense, it's not hard to imagine that all these games might be one-score games. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I had a- so we have, to be, we have to be on point against anyone and everyone. I mean, I had Iowa 10-2 and two before the season. Yeah. Winning these last games, but losing against Wisconsin and Penn State. So no, I mean, but I also didn't have them down to their fourth team tight end and their backup quarterback. But they were winning with McNamara not playing very well. I mean, McNamara played a little better than Deacon Hill, but they have not gotten good quarterback play all yep. year, well. and yet they're still winning. And they're winning with a formula that that I think can work against these teams. Can it work against Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State? No, but you cross that bridge when it comes. And I disagree yeah. with. I've had some fans reach out to me and say, "Hey, if they just if they win the West and get to the Big Ten and get crushed, I don't consider that a successful season." I disagree. I disagree Donald, just, what are your thoughts on that as a former coach and now a fan? I disagree. If you win the West, that's something to 
to be proud of. Well, again, it kind of reminds me of the 81 season. You know, we had a great defense that year. I believe they still have the record for scoring defense, if I'm not mistaken. But we were very average on offense, uh, and we had a, a Cinderella season in so many ways. The only negative, of course, it ended up with a, such a disappointing loss in the Rose Bowl, but we still got there. I think a lot of people will um, give credit to the 81 team for for defying the odds to even be there. And uh, and this team, of course, if we're playing in Indianapolis against an outstanding opponent from the Big Ten East, and you can bet it will be an outstanding opponent, then it'll be a huge accomplishment just to make it to Indianapolis. And anything that we're able to pull off, if we're able to play in that championship game, is just um, it's just additional icing on the cake. I agree. I'll tell you what, Michigan is playing – Really well right now. I mean, I, what was the Indiana score? Do you got any of you guys? It was like fifty-two to seven. Or I mean, they're like just fifty-two to seven. And the thing I couldn't help but notice, I was doing a game for the Missouri Valley. I saw the end of one quarter. It was seven nothing Indiana. Yes. Uh-huh. And I thought, wow, that's I didn't see that one coming. And then the next thing I knew, of course, they scored fifty-two straight. So. <laughs> I guess uh, the the double pass, incidentally, we're back to thinking about exotics at key times. Uh, they run a double pass for a touchdown, yeah. and maybe maybe Indiana wishes they hadn't done it because I think they probably made Michigan mad. So, Don, how do you expl- – I mean, I guess one way to kind of come down to earth with Iowa, Minnesota is I never – I didn't give Illinois a chance of beating Maryland, and they nope. did. Have you seen any nope. of the game, Don? Do you know anything about what happened? You know, I haven't seen any of the game. I, um, I do know that um, there was some, obviously, a clutch field goal at the end to win. Let's not forget that Maryland, as I recall, tied it up with a field goal just about a 90 seconds earlier, I think. Interesting. Uh, and Illinois had to drive to break the tie uh, and did so. Uh, I don't know how the, the drive was put together. I haven't seen any of the, the game, but I do know that they were put to the test. You know, the game is on the line, and they responded with the win, that's after laying an egg in so many, in so many ways against Nebraska. And uh, so their opponent next week, Wisconsin, goes to Illinois. That game could suddenly be very interesting. I don't have a feeling either way now, just from what happened. I was not impressed. I, mean, I think you – I was not impressed with Wisconsin, really. I thought the run really. – Don, I was not impressed with their run defense. Now, I give Iowa credit. Iowa, I mean, we're talking about how this was like another offensive dud. When you rush for 200 yards, that is not an offensive dud. They didn't need their passing attack to win. I mean, I was very impressed with their running game. What do you think? Well, um, I know one thing that impressed me, and, of course, you've heard me say that I think uh, their running back is uh, very very likely going to be the highest drafted running back for sure out of the Big Ten, I think. I think he'll really probably go ahead, of, he'll go ahead of Corum, I think, the way the pros look at it. Uh, but they're both outstanding backs. That's I've, in my mind; those are the two best backs in the conference, for what I've seen. Uh, but what impressed me, like we talked about earlier, they didn't run in the ball, with the ball much at all early. But in that third quarter, you could tell they decided, listen, we got to be able to play like an old Wisconsin team. We got to run the ball down their throat. They tried to do that, and they had good success doing it in the third quarter. We gave Brown grudgingly. We held them to a, a couple of field goals. Thankfully, uh, but here's what else in, uh, impressed me in the third quarter. We had a guy on our side, number four, decided I'm going to run maybe as tough as as Brennan does. 
Uh, and he did. He ran, I don't think he could run any. I don't think Leshon could run any harder than what he ran in that third quarter. He was impressive. He looked a really lot good. of physical contact, a lot of yards after contact, uh, and I think our offensive line uh, maybe took that as a challenge too. And I think we had a little better running lanes in the third quarter maybe than any other. Yeah. Let's also give credit to the old line in the fourth quarter. I am aware we outrushed them in the fourth quarter too, mm-hmm. and the yards didn't come easy. But we fought for a lot of yards, and I realized we didn't have many first downs to show for it. But still, just a, a few key first downs here and there, extend drives, and of course, eat up a lot of clock, and that's what made some difference in the game. Otherwise, Wisconsin would have had another chance or two uh, to score late in the game. But we shortened the game just by – we actually controlled time of possession for the game. And Caleb- We had a slight edge mm-hmm. in time of possession. So that's good to see because yeah. – that had been a problem for us. Our defense was struggling to get off the field. Our offense was struggling to stay on the field. Uh, this week, we did a better job of grinding out first downs uh, than than we did certainly against Penn State, of course. Maybe their defense is not as good as Penn State. No. But they're still pretty darn good. They still fought hard to, to stop us, and and we, we just persevered. You know, we were just determined to run the ball and, and not give them many chances to – Interfere with our pass offense. Another in, uh, an injury that they lost James Thompson, maybe their best defensive lineman. Early. He spent most of the first half riding his exercise bike. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he came back, but that was a big loss for them too. And I think that probably helped Iowa run the ball. Caleb Johnson was so close on like two plays of breaking it. I mean, you could hear an ankle tackle on one. And now Jason Patterson's back in uniform. He's ready to go. I didn't think he would play Saturday, but my guess is they'll. Be, Don, they're getting healthy at running back at the right time. Yeah, you know, one thing I couldn't help but notice about Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, uh, let's face it, we ran power and we ran um, our counter. And those are our two primary running plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our backs are smart enough to know, and they have good enough vision. If things are a little cloudy at the play side where the ball is supposed to go, uh, they have a good uh, knack of finding daylight on the backside. When I say the backside, mm-hmm. if the ball starts left, then the backside would be back to your right. Uh, and several key runs, we bent the ball back away from where it was designed to go. Four good yardage. They were a little bit unsound with the way they were defending that backside of the formation. And we made them pay a couple of three times with, with good bent back runs, uh, most of which, as I recall, were from LaShawn. He he just ran so hard the the entire game, and it was really, uh, it was really fun to watch because Iowa really kind of out Wisconsin Wisconsin Saturday. Yeah, they did, but Wisconsin didn't try to beat Wisconsin. No, he said we were. Luke Fickle mentioned. He said we were beaten in pretty much all aspects of play. Uh, that's kind of a humbling thing for a coach to have to say, but I think he felt that way. I have not done the analytics on the game yet, but I'm confident in saying this: we went a lot more of the important parameters than what Wisconsin did. No turnovers. Mm-hmm. No turnovers. That was huge. And no turnovers. It starts with no turnovers, yes. And winning the running game. To me, when you do that in your Iowa football, more times than not, it's hard to think of games where they ran for 200 yards and haven't won. Well, and that helped balance the time of possession, too, because we haven't been able to run very well. It also helped keep the defense off the field. The defense was fresh for a lot of that game. I think Wisconsin got tired on defense. I was surprised to hear the booing this early. I mean, the guy's been the coach for a half a year. 
But, I mean, it just, like I said, it just looks like a team that's not built to do what they want to do, and it could be a rough transition. Well, I talked to a lot of the Wisconsin fans, and they're kind of split. I mean, the, the, the smart ones know that it's going to take time, mm-hmm. and they also know that the that uh, Chris time he he had passed his time there they were going they were clearly declining and they needed to to do something to change it up a little bit but half of them say you know this isn't wisconsin football we are big and we run the ball and we're not playing wisconsin football anymore so they're kind they're kind of split it's it's real interesting talking to them yeah you know to me the the game so much more than a lot of games, it was a game of big plays. But having said that, who made the big plays? Iowa made almost uh-huh. all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was it. Now, I mean, Braylon Allen made something. I that he poor Schulte that time he ran over Quinn Schulte. That that was an NFL back doing that. Now, is this his second or third year? Isn't this just his second year? I think so. I think you're I right. think he's got to come back for another year. I don't believe that I'm rule has changed. Sure. But either yeah, way, I mean, uh, I just think he's being not used the right way with what he brings to the offense but that's their concern now we've got Iowa's got great momentum coming what do you think of Brian's play calling Don well I think uh, I think we were we were very very conservative but I think we recognized that's going to give us our best chance we're playing with the backup quarterback we've lost uh, two of our most reliable receivers of course in our tight ends um, our defense is playing lights out. Let's give them a chance um, to shine for all 60 minutes. Um, you know, our kicking game is superior. You know, we're going to win every time we trade punts. We're going to pick up some field position. So let's just be sure we don't beat ourselves. And and um, it was working. And again, it reminds me so much of some games we had, especially back in '81, because that was a that was a rock solid defense. Uh, so much like this one, I give a huge amount of credit to Phil Parker. You got to give Phil a lot of credit. You know, remember we weren't getting a lot of pressure early on. We got a little more innovative with pressure, and so much of our pressure involves more than four rushers. Uh, you know, they had a lot of trouble with the. We we brought our linebackers quite a bit, but we just don't bring them in terms of a vanilla aspect of how to rush the quarterback. We're involving them in a lot of weak stunts. You know, you'll see that defensive end that'll maybe charge inside and then the linebacker that'll that'll loop around him to the outside. So we're not rushing in all the traditional rush lanes uh, that that you might expect players to show. Uh, there are other times when we would we would rush our linebackers inside and then confuse the guards a little bit by by taking those guys lined up inside over the guards and rushing them through the outside shoulder of the guards and the guards tend to think they have to lock onto them and the only problem with that is we got two linebackers that are rushing the A-gaps and now there's a problem there's only one back back there to pick up two linebackers that's a problem you know you can't mm-hmm. get you can't get suckered with those with those rush angles changing a little bit and getting too locked on those guards um, were victimized by that a little bit too so we're just creative with the way we're rushing uh, you know, let's not forget, here's another huge play. Number 29 is coming off the edge. Uh, we're down near the, you know, we got them backed up in the black zone, as we call it, you know, that that uh, part of the field that's near the, the wrong goal line if you're playing offense. And uh, I do wonder, remember this, we took a timeout on, on, I believe it must have been second down, uh, 
uh, second and long, whatever it was, second and eight or nine or something. And uh, I'm sorry, I took a timeout shortly before the third down play. That's what it was. Took a timeout out before they snapped the ball on third down. And the very next time the ball was snapped, here came Castro off the edge, untouched, into the backfield. Remember that? Yes. And I do wonder, and, and I just saw Phil do it also for that other safety we picked up a few weeks ago. He brought a secondary stunt, trying to create a safety, and sure enough, uh, Castro gets home, uh, and the ball's out, and um, and now we're well. They, they fell on the ball, but of course, uh, uh, Way had a huge play on that on that particular ball. Of course, the ball came out with, with his hit, and then uh, a Wisconsin lineman fell on it. Otherwise, of course, it would end up as a touchdown for us. But they were able to follow it and keep it to a two-point play. This is Braylon Allen's third season. It so is his third. He so will he be able to go. get. Drafted. So did he redshirt? He must have redshirted because I don't remember him playing to. Or did he? Uh, he? He reclassified. His first year was twenty-one because he was supposed to be in the twenty-two class. But was he but their he, featured back in twenty-one? Um, or maybe I'm just. I think Malusi well, started Malusi to was be. at Clemson in twenty-one. I believe. No, he was. He, he was. He here in and, and Jalen Berger were. Uh, they're yeah. running back because Braylon Allen was supposed to be uh, probably on defense. Well, yeah, they recruited him as a yeah. linebacker. Yeah, I, okay, I'm forgetting a year then, but yeah, he could he could go pro. My guess is he will if if, if his stock is high enough. But um, I want you mentioned earlier that Minnesota has had that bye week. If you're PJ Fleck, what are you emphasizing on offense to try to compete against this Iowa defense with what you have? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Minnesota. Honestly, I do know they have an inexperienced quarterback, a fairly young guy. They lost, of course, uh, um, I think a really good tight end, a really good wide receiver, of course, an exceptional running back. Mm-hmm. So they've definitely had some graduation losses. I just don't know enough about their team right now. They're struggling in a lot of ways. The only thing that worries me, you know, I just I'm always nervous around uh, coaching staff that has an extra week to prepare for the next game uh, because you've always heard me say about our own offense, a challenge to the offensive staff is you need to be as innovative as you can be. You need to just continue to study and, and ask that old question, what if? What if we did this? What if we did that? You know, Do we get any ideas from this particular game? Let's go back and look at a game that was a month ago that, that proved to be problematic for them. Prime example for the Wisconsin preparation would have been to go back and look at Washington State, you know, because that was their one loss. Mm-hmm. Is there something Washington State did that we can learn from? Uh, so Minnesota's had time to do that. They've had the extra week of preparation. So that concerns me because obviously their backs are against the wall. They need to come out and, and um, somehow come up with some kind of signature win because they're struggling uh, and they're motivated, I'm sure. So that's the challenge we face. They have more time to prepare for us than we have to prepare for them. And mm-hmm. that simply means, you know, we've got to just, you only have so many hours to prepare, but you got to do the best you can to make every last hour count. And I'm sure that's what our guys are doing right now in preparation for Minnesota. Of course, now we, we play Minnesota for the uh, Floyd Rosedale trophy. Do, do the trophies matter to the players? I think they do, absolutely, because they're put in prominent location in the building. You know, the players are reminded all the time. How many of our 
seven trophies do we have? You know, because they're all going to be right there, probably on display. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a fun time, you know, to be able to go across the field and and reclaim a trophy that you lost. That's a that's a good feeling. Uh, and if you just get to hang on to the one you already have, that's a good feeling also, because it is a huge matter of pride. Uh, incidentally, those trophy games, as I recall, uh, our schedule is going to be impacted going forward because I believe the Big Ten recognizes, you know, this is a, a, a this is a history that that should continue. Mm-hmm. You know, Iowa versus Minnesota, Iowa versus and it will. Wisconsin, and it will. Iowa yep. versus Nebraska, uh, no different than than Purdue versus Indiana. You know, I'm sure that game will be played every year. Uh, and I think we're the only team, I believe, in the Big Ten that has three protected rivals. That's yeah, correct. That is true. And I'd rather have them against those three than Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State. You're right. That gives us maybe on average a, a little better chance at a, a schedule that's a little more a little more able to, to be handled. Uh, none of those games are easy, of course. I'm not saying that. But, oh, no. Nor am I. But let's face it. If you, had, if you happen to run into... Uh, any of about half a dozen opponents. Uh, who we said there's more than there's going to be more than six. There's going to be at least seven that are. There's three in the East right now that are that are formidable, and of course you got four teams coming in from the Pac-12 that are formidable too. And USC looked pretty. I didn't see the game at all, um, but it sounds like Notre Dame just they, completely shut them down on offense. Notre Dame looked pretty good too. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame's going to be, and then Notre Dame loses at Louisville, and I believe Louisville lost to Pittsburgh. They were, yes, they did. Past, so you can't well, make. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's that's why you hear me say we shouldn't take any opponent for granted. You're we're right. not going to do that. Our guys are too smart for that. The coaches are going to remind them their, their games that were played just two days ago that they can point to, uh, you know, don't let us be victimized like like SC was versus Notre Dame. I, what was the final? I didn't know how that game turned out. Notre I, Dame won pretty Pretty handily. solidly. I can't remember the score, but it was pretty solid. And I believe you Caleb say, Williams had – You said th- Notre Dame won it? Oh, yes. yeah, they won easily. easily. Caleb Williams had less than 200 yards. I did not realize that. He threw three. You know, that's, that's just a reminder to all of us as, as older adults – you know, these are young people. They're in their early 20s, uh, and and they don't maybe have quite the same consistency as a guy playing in the NFL for 10 years. But even having said that, the NFL has major upsets every weekend, too. So the bottom line, you got to respect all opponents, fear none. You better be ready to go. I don't care who you're playing because anybody's capable of getting you. And uh, it is Notre Dame, by the way, uh, 48, uh, USC 20. Yeah, I mean, well, it was just a complete beatdown. Now, USC's defense isn't very good. I mean, no, they're not. he's going to have to fix that defense, or they're even hell, even Iowa might be able to do. Might be able to. Iowa could run on their defense. I think I'm not sure about much beyond that, but it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to be as easy for USC the way they're built. Plus, I don't think they'll have Caleb Williams next year. That's going to well, be- plus you know, coming into some of these Midwest states in November, that's going to be a, a slap in the face to a lot of these kids because. Haven't played yeah, well, otherwise, yeah, true. And let's not forget, it's going to be a little bit of a burden for them just to travel. Uh-huh. Oh, sure, uh, big time. Yeah, they're going to play nine conference games. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of hard to imagine that at least maybe six of them won't be. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. Uh, they won't be played in the Midwest or on the East Coast. But it's safe to say 
maybe at least three or four of them are going to be every year yeah. games that are going to involve significant travel. Yeah, they're going to play either four or five Big Ten road games every year, and just by percentages. And if yeah, if they're lucky, two of them will remain on the on the West Coast. Probably only one, though. Well, they'll get their five. They'll get their four or five home games every every year. So mm-hmm. they'll get those. But then they're also going to have to play almost that many on the road. So yeah, that's just something they they've gone from going to Arizona, Oregon, Washington. Now they're going to be going to Maryland, New Jersey. I mean, it's just going to be a completely different life for those guys. It's going to be interesting to see because. USC's not as good as I thought they were going to be this year. And Lincoln Riley's had teams that are really good on offense, but they've struggled on defense. So we'll we'll see. And I don't who won between Washington and Oregon. I did not see the end of that. Washington. They did end up uh-huh. winning. Hell, Michael Penix might be the favorite for the Heisman right now because Caleb Williams really hurt his cause. Did you think you'd ever say that after no. the thrashing Iowa gave them a couple years ago? It gave Indiana. No, and I, when I look, I want to say one last thing about Wisconsin. When I look at Wisconsin, I'm not saying gloom and doom, but. Mordecai's obviously not going to be back, I don't think, because he, with COVID, he might have three more years left. I can never. <laughs> but if Mordecai's gone and Braylon Allen, three years, um, I would be surprised if he comes back. This is going to be an interesting two or three year stretch for Luke Fickle and the Badgers, don't you think, Don? Because he's making, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, they were so good for so long with the stuff that Barry did, and now those yeah. days are gone. Yeah, let's not forget, you know, Wisconsin's success was built very much like our success yes. was built. They were a developmental program. Yep. You know, they don't win the recruiting battles as far as the recruiting experts Rarely. go. They they typically get players and they develop them. A lot of which, of course, come from the state of Wisconsin or, or surrounding states. So they're a developmental program very much like we are. And uh, it's going to be hard for them to change that, I think. Yeah, and Braylon Allen, I looked, he he ran for 1,200 yards as a freshman, but I thought he maybe he even played a little linebacker, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like they moved him to running back right when he got to Wisconsin, but he was recruited as a linebacker because that's what most of his rankings were as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he played running back right away, and it'll be interesting. Do you think he's back next year for a fourth year? If the NFL's saying, hey, you got a chance. Although running backs aren't really coveted in the NFL either, though. Rarely do they get drafted very high. So it could be interesting. The other thing I could see, not the, to start the Badger Bowl, could you see someone like him transferring to a different school in this age if he doesn't like how he's fitting into that offense? Well, that, in this yeah, day and age, I, I would think the more likely, I would think the more likely scenario is they simply declare for the draft. That, okay. Uh, I'll tell you one reason I say that. Uh, it's safe to say a lot of the, the way the NFL looks at running backs, a guy that's got too many carries in his college Good career, point. that's a red flag for them. They'd like to have a guy that hasn't been worn out as a college running back. That's a really good point, and he does have a lot of carries, and my guess is he'll have a lot more carries. That backup looked okay, but he's not Ches Malusi. No, he isn't. They really missed him. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, I was. you're right. I, I was. Uh, I watched him with interest. Our guys had no trouble getting him on the ground. No, he's a big you kid. Know, he's, not, he's, not that, he's a big, strong guy, but he's not that elusive. No. No. And, and uh, you know, just tackle him low, and he'll go down every time. And and I don't know if you can say that about Brandon Allen, because uh, just just ask Shorty. You know, he's a... He's a He's a load to get on the ground. Yeah, I mean, Quinn had the perfect form. He, you know, head up, and he was shoulder pads leading, and he just ran him over. But he's 250 pounds. But, yeah, I thought the play calling. Iowa came out and ran seven straight running plays for 36 yards. The drive ended up fizzling, but I thought early on, I looked, and I'm like, man, they've already got 36 yards rushing. 
on their first possession, they're getting a little bit of a surge. I like what Don or what Brian did, Don, because he recognized that they could run the ball and he stayed with it. I mean, you can call it conservative, playing not to lose, but this is a game where they had to play not to lose, personnel-wise. I didn't have any problem with Brian. I don't care how many points they scored. None. I thought Brian did an okay job as coordinator. Well, the way we were, you know, the way the game unfolded, it made a lot of sense. And, and uh, you know, Kirk and Brian, I'm sure, had discussions about what to do going forward. It was just so obvious that, that our defense was playing at an elite level and uh, Wisconsin was without their quarterback. Um, and and obviously we're playing with a, a guy that doesn't have much experience taking snaps. So let's just not shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what Kirk said. You know, I know – um, I know it's not going to be very pretty. Uh, we threw four passes in the second half, as I recall. Four yes. in the third quarter, none in the fourth. <laughs> nope. And it worked. So we were determined. Uh, now, one cautionary note for us going forward, I, I promise you this, uh, it's, it's not hard to imagine, uh, and you've heard me say this before, a team that has one clear strength, you try to make them play left-handed, and that's assuming that everybody – Takes right-handed people are the norm, but you got to make them play a way they don't feel comfortable playing. So in the case of Iowa, you got to try to you got to almost dare them to throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do you do that? You've got to put a lot of people dedicated to stopping the run near the football. You got to load the box. You got to you got to clearly leave one-on-one coverage outside and dare them to throw. Uh, but you got to first thing you better do is you better slow down the running game. Uh, and Wisconsin, I guess you could say they slowed us down, but off and on they slowed us down. Yeah, 200 uh, yards. You know, we still had, you know, we, um, my gosh, um, you know, our, our backup running back had 25 carries for 174 yards. <laughs> yeah, one play was 82, but that still leaves 92 on those other 24 mm-hmm. carries. That's still almost a four-yard average on all those other carries. I uh, thought Wisconsin and, uh, did dare Iowa to pass. But they were daring well, Iowa to pass while not did. while not stopping the I'm run. I'm talking about something even more extreme than that. I'm talking about run stunts, maybe to try to negate sure. a couple of their key running plays. Even they could have been even more obvious in in daring us to pass by loading the box even even to a greater extent. So all I'm saying is we better be prepared for that. And and in that regard, mm-hmm. if we are going to throw a lot, I'd like to think it's almost all going to be against. Against what we call single coverage, you know, no double coverage of any type. Okay. You know, a corner clearly covering a wide receiver. Uh, it doesn't have to be man necessarily. It could be zone. You know, just with the safeties playing low toward the box. But clearly, one-on-one coverage outside that'll make for an easier an easier way to read for uh, for Deacon. It'll be more obvious. And then, of course, if you're looking at one-on-one coverage, then the thing that's so critical is you just got to find the best matchup and go for that. Uh, you know, one week it might be uh, one particular receiver, and another week it might be some other one. Um, and it just depends on the two corners that are out there one-on-one. So with that extra week to prepare, do you think Minnesota defense, what you're talking about, you think they'll put some wrinkles in that maybe – makes dares Iowa to throw even more. That's the kind of stuff you can do with an extra week. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know that. I don't know enough about their defense to even comment. Really. I do know they have an experienced defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the really good ones uh, do think out of the box. And, and the prime example of that would be Phil Parker. 
you know, Phil Perner's doing some things we haven't really done that much of in the past, but they're well thought out and they're, uh, you know, there's been a lot of thought that's gone into it. Uh, you know, we weren't really creating as much pressure as we wanted to or needed to. And now you've seen the linebackers more involved in pressure. We're not just relying on four-man pressure. You know, and a lot of that stuff is, is showing up on critical downs, too, if you go back and look. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that matter, on the last possession of the game. We just got to go back one week to say what happened when the game was on the line just one week ago. We didn't sit back and play zone against Purdue. We ended up pressing and playing some man. Uh, and it worked. Uh, you know, we, we hit him in the head and um, and got him off schedule and, and put an end to the drive. Uh, you know, the same thing, almost the same situation against Iowa State. They're on the field for one last opportunity to win the game. It's a one-score game. What happened? It was four and out. They didn't make a first down. Neither did Purdue. Both those drives involved some pressure. I can't recall for sure that we brought extra rushers against against um, Iowa State, but I know we did against Purdue, and we did some of that against Wisconsin too. Uh, a lot of pressure involving linebackers. Here's another thing we did early in the game. It just shows that that our defensive staff is really giving a lot of thought to the way they call a game. One of the early third and longs with Mordecai on the field, mm-hmm. they ran a Q draw. Remember that? Yes, I do. The, the Q draw went for two yards. Yep. It went for two yards, though, because the guy spying on that play was Schulte. Schulte, who rolled all the way down after the snap into a linebacker position, mm-hmm. and he just sitting there eyeballing Mordecai. When Mordecai pulls the ball down to run with it, uh, Schulte's right there, ends up bobbing him out of bounds for a game. So. And yeah, Mordecai was good. I remember in the old days, though, they would do that against Antoine Randall and it still wouldn't didn't work. Matter. <laughs> it didn't, didn't matter because it just came down to a freakish athlete making a play. But no, you're right, though. I mean, it's Iowa had them well scouted. And it's um, before we wrap up, I can't believe the hour's up already. I looked up. Unbelievable. And let's just to kind of capsulize the Big Ten right now, Don, is. Are you still? Is it still Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State? Then you got. I'm going to do my power rankings today. I'm, Iowa's clearly number four right now. How big do you think the gap is between the big three and then Iowa and the rest right now, Don? Well, Penn State would tell you there's a pretty big gap between <laughs> yeah. the big three. Yes. All right. I guess I walked myself anyway, into that. Yeah, but uh, but that was one game. You know, we they saw us at our worst, and they they played an outstanding game, and that was a whiteout game, which I guess made a little bit of difference to the Penn State players. But um, um, three exceptional teams in, in the East, no doubt about that. One one of those matchups happens this next week. Yeah, they're going to start beating on each other now. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, you know, uh, Maryland thought they were maybe in position to make a run at the big three, but they got a, um, a reminder now no. that, that maybe, not, maybe they're not quite at that level. Uh, but those top three look awfully good. Um, you know, I think it's the best Ohio State defense in the past 10 years to make up for a, a little bit of an inexperienced offense on the part of Ohio State. Uh, Michigan looks really, really solid on both sides of the yes, ball. Yes, they do. Uh, and so does, so does Penn State. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Uh, this is still a year where Penn State fans can, can think that they're better than either one of the other two. And we'll see if it all plays out that way. It might. Uh, but it's going to take a, a really great effort on, on the part of any of them uh, to beat the other two, whoever, whoever it might be. i got to ask you before we wrap up, um, did you happen to I, – I don't know if you went to the crossover at Kinnick. 
If not, did you happen to watch any of it? And did you ever think there'd be 55,000 people in Kinnick watching a women's basketball game? We were right there with okay. all 55,644 others. What'd you think? <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I guess uh, it was fun to watch. It was, you know, you, you felt like you needed to be there. I couldn't help but notice at the end of the game, hardly anyone had left. It wasn't like a football game. I realize a football game takes three hours plus versus two hours plus. But I just thought it was neat that nobody left their seats early, hardly. If you go back and look at the crowd, uh, and it wasn't because the game was in doubt. It was simply because they didn't want I told my wife, I said, dear, I'm sorry, we have to leave now. <laughs> the game's over, you know. Uh, and we stuck around for a little bit and still still heard uh, Lisa's comments to the mm-hmm. crowd. That was fun. Uh, but frankly, even if we wanted to leave at the, with a minute left in the clock, we wouldn't be able to do it because we wouldn't be able to get uh, up and out of the stadium because everybody was waiting. Did you ever think you'd see Caitlin Clark uh, throw an air ball up on a free throw? I missed that one. <laughs> well, did the wind blow right when she did it? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. You know, I don't know where – I mean, it looks to me like our our percentages were off on perimeter sh- shooting. I'm talking about on both teams. Yeah. Although, it seemed like they shot better from three maybe than we well, they did. They took a I ton. They... Yeah, 23, I, I, I was impressed with her early on. I thought – yeah. That girl can shoot him even even in the wind. She was good. Caitlin wasn't as aggressive from three. I don't think no. she wanted to mess with the wind. I, and I, that's I, the shooter's mentality. And what? Because someone thought, said she came out earlier in the game, an hour and a half before the game, and they said right away she's like, ah, a little windy out here. I mean, with the shooter's mentality, but still, I mean, thirty-four, whatever, another triple double. I'm I'm glad that you were there. I mean, Susan Harmon said it was you know it was beautiful incredible. day too. Yeah, it could have been nice to be ten degrees warmer. That if you're going to nitpick. Because I did look at yeah, some of the right. girls. You could tell some of the girls. That, uh, Gabby Marshall, when they were getting ready to introduce her, it looked like she was on the bench. It looked like she said something like, I'm free. It was. It, it, you could tell it was cold. And, I mean, it was 51 degrees at tip-off. Yeah, we might have gotten a better day, but the, the, the weather guys weren't kind of. But that's about been. the only complaint. I mean, well, Caitlin would say it was maybe it was a little windy. But it's October. Yeah, it was a little breezy. Uh, I thought I thought Caitlin did a great job of just letting the game come to her. Yep, and getting everybody involved. Yeah, you know she, uh, uh, you know, my gosh, a, a, a triple double, right? Yes, yes, uh, it's routine rebounds for rebounds and assists. She had some great assists, of course. She she does a good job of making her teammates look good because she's always looking for the for the the open pass that sets up an easy score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the credit of our other girls. They ran the floor well, and of course they're smart enough to know they better be looking for a pass over the top of the defense because she's gonna yes. gonna throw it. She had had some that were a little bit a little bit too bold, you know, that we weren't able to convert. But that's her game. But fun to watch. And uh, uh, here's what I thought was so neat about it: how many how many young ladies, young girls were there yeah. for the first ever event related to women's basketball. And and truth of it is, if there were if there were a thousand young uh, schoolgirls their age, four, five, six, and seven or whatever, uh, how many of those girls are going to decide to end up pursuing college basketball as a result of watching that game yeah, on, you never know. Yeah. on Sunday? I think it'll be that kind of inspirational moment for them. They'll say, "Gosh, I want to do some of that. That looks like a lot of fun." And and uh, and that was neat to be able to see that. Uh, I'm happy for women's basketball. That, that uh, it's been embraced so much uh, by the, by the Iowa fans. Um, we uh, Lisa and I also do have season tickets for women's basketball, 
And You're not I, alone. I'll make all the games, but you can bet if it's going to be a good game, I'll find a way to be there. I don't care what the weather is. And they raised $250,000 for the it's Children's Hospital. No, incredible. just a great all-around event. Great job by Iowa to pull it off. Don, as usual, great stuff. I'm using the word great a lot here on this on this exit, but we enjoyed it again. I think we're going to be talking after a win next week, and I'm overly confident, sure but so. I'm not playing in the game, so hopefully we'll be talking about a win again next week, Don, and we'll be talking about a 7-1 Iowa football team. Think about that. Well, what, what makes this fun for me, it gave me a chance to revisit 1981. There you go. Because this team reminds me so much of that 81 team. Let's hope that that team also uh, finds a way to play this team, rather, I should say, also finds a way to play at Indy, and wouldn't it be something if that team also could end up in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Let's not worry about all that. Let's nope. just worry about beating the Gophers. Yep. All right, Don. Sounds Thanks. Good, Great coach. stuff as usual. Enjoy the week. Take care, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, we said that last. we compared last year's team to the 81 team, but then it started – but it had a tougher schedule last year. Michigan – I mean, so – but, yeah, no, the comparison is fair. It was funny, though, back to the crossfire, I talked to a buddy of mine, and I said to him, oh, man, I, yeah, it would look great. I go, if it was just a little – Bit warmer, you know. If it would, oh God, it was that's fine. I'm like, okay, that's easy. What we he said that in the crowd, wearing a winter coat, hat, and whatever, you know. I mean, that's that's my only. I just wished it would have been about ten degrees warmer, because I mean, fifty one degrees outside is kind of cold. But I thought it was. Oh, those girls, they're fine. And then he admitted that he had a hat. You know, he even brought gloves. Yeah, you know, was, just in case. It was great. But no, I thought Iowa did a great job of pulling it off, getting everything yep. set up, and it just worked out great. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised by the game Saturday. I oh, mean, my God, yes. Oh, just, yeah. I yeah. mean, I like I said, I didn't think – I had Wisconsin way overrated. Don thinks the loss of Mordecai was a bigger impact. I just wasn't that impressed with him before he went out. I was not that impressed with Wisconsin. I mean, and Iowa is what Iowa is. They're the best of the worst. Wisconsin was a little uh, softer than I expected them to be. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well, yeah, because Iowa ran for 200 yards, and this is not a great running Iowa team. So the uh, most miserable comment before I got off social media, oh, great, now they're bowl eligible. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm getting a lot of, I mean, I mean, I wrote something in defense of Kirk the other day, and it brought out the haters because I'm saying, you know, he's, you can criticize, there's so much to criticize about. Um, but his effort and his he's not coasting. He's not just going through the motions to to collect a paycheck. That's ridiculous. Well, I hate that, that narrative, narrative seems to be coming out more and more because, I mean, you can only criticize the stuff with Brian so much. Yes, they've got issues on offense. I mean, they still – and, yes, the offense is probably going to keep them from being elite. They're not anywhere near the big three right now. No. You know, and, I mean, I mean, if they play Michigan in the Big Ten Championship, do I think it'll be 42-3? to three? Probably not, but would I give them much of a chance of winning? No, because I do think Michigan will score. I mean, as good as Iowa's defense is, Michigan will score. And I think Michigan right now might be the best of the three. I was thinking Penn State, but I, I don't know. The way Michigan's playing right now, they start slow at times. But, man, when they get going, they're just they're strong in all facets of the game. And for a lot of the critics, they want Iowa to be – Elite right now, since it's year 25, the coach has his son as a coordinator. They want results, and we'll just have to wait and see. But if they end up going 11-3 and this year and they lose the Big Ten Championship and lose in a big bowl game, I'm still calling that a successful year. Others will call that a failure. And well, I, let them And that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we are, though, with a lot of fans. Yeah. Well, we take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with more Breaking It Down. Breaking It Down. 
1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional, transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. Once upon a time in the land of the Hawkeyes, a business grew. A business that would become synonymous with real estate. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement. When you're buying or selling your home, you'll need title and settlement services. Consider the Hawkeye Title and Settlement team. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit diamonddentalpc.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in. 
carryout and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. When you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Cordon Scott streets and at the walmart plaza on highway one west follow them on facebook or at midtownfamily.com the family's waiting for gt you. car owner of Supel's building and remodeling has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years the trained professionals at Supel's building and remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job no matter how big or small they also stand behind their work and offer no nonsense exceptional customer service from design to completion and beyond whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house edition you'll have the confidence that Supel's building and remodeling is committed to quality visit Supel's.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. Double toil and trouble, fire burning, cauldron bubble. Uh, yeah. Bubbling over with cash. It's Wild Rose Casino's Cauldron of Cash. Saturday, October 28th, you could win your share of $12,500 cash, including the grand prize of $7,500 at the 10 p.m. draw. Earn entries now with Club Wildcard. Only at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Clinton. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Football fans, this is Bill Leichsenring of the Oxyoke Inn. We are on your way to or from the game. We're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years. The Oxyoke Inn is serving our famous Sunday brunch buffet with lunch, dinner, banquets, and carryout daily. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke Inn. From the Hurtin and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtin and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making Mostly sunny today. We'll get to around 56 for a high this afternoon. The wind out of the northwest at 5 to 15. Tonight down to 37. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high of 61. On Wednesday, partly cloudy and breezy, high of 68. Some showers Thursday, 62 the weekend. Mostly dry with highs in the upper 50s. 
to low 60s Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 48. KCJJ weather brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply kitchens and baths. Your home never looks so beautiful. You can call us right now and claim your auction certificates from Friday's auction. You can also uh, go to our uh, app or our website and check out the remaining. Uh, we got a lot of good food, a lot, a lot of nice food, uh, restaurants and services. And we've got, uh, Tom, we've got the, the one pair of season tickets to the uh, men's basketball. Yes, one remaining. Uh-huh. One remaining. About a $750 value uh, will let go for $400. So call us at 319-354-1242 to claim your certificates. You can also come on out here and peruse what we got left over and claim your certificates here as well until 430. Taylor Swift's Eras movie grossed $96 million in its first weekend. Yeah. What movie does she have? She, it's a, her concerts that she's been oh. doing. Yeah, ninety-six. So million. in three days, it's become the mo- the highest-grossing music movie ever. Ever. In three days. Yeah. Wow. That's not even streaming. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Did you notice that after the game, the basketball game was over with yesterday, the sun came full blast out? It sure did. It did. I, I thought that would have been nice if it had been there for the whole game, but then maybe it would have gotten in their eyes. Who knows? I loved watching uh, the the girls coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, to back and black, you know, you could tell they were just thrilled. Oh, they were thrilled to death. Yes. Yes. It was well, the yeah. TV broadcast had them coming out. They had them walking through the tunnel. You got a great view from yeah. home from that. That's one thing. Being, did they have it on the? Did they have it on the yes. jumbotron? Okay, good. Yeah, they had on that. They that's the on neat the thing about it is seeing jumbotron. coming down the hallway, and uh, but I thought the TV broadcast by the Big Ten Network was good too. I just I haven't whole, rewatched. Yeah, yet. I just thought the whole thing. Yeah, was. it was really good. Well, and then Van Pelt came on and said the one best thing that happened today, and he had it on as as one his one best thing. Yeah, and I know I'm, I'm. Well, I'll promote our site. Susan had a really good story about it. She kind of just captured the whole event um i mean she didn't really write a game story nobody wants to read a game story about an exhibition but she wrote about 40 years ago women wasn't even a lot of sports weren't even varsity sports in college and no. that's uh, this shows just how far the game and has evolved but and i'm not taking away from anyone else but this was caitlin clark oh, sure i mean this yeah. um, this was the power and influence of caitlin clark and that's not minimizing everybody else around her because she needs teammates but this was her she made, coaches she made this anything. possible her, yeah. her legend where I sat was I had good seats, but uh, I had two seats on both sides of me, nobody in them. Yeah. So that made uh, made I could spread all over the place. Sounds like me up at the <laughs> press box in Wisconsin. There were empty seats everywhere. I mean, where I felt like I was being squeezed to death. You should have come on and sat by me and had plenty of room. No, I, I mean at Wisconsin. But it was a late oh, arriving Wisconsin. crowd because ten minutes before that game, that stadium was not full. They need to reseat that stadium because there's not near enough room for people. Well, there it's were some empty tight. seats too. There, there were. Yeah, it was. I mean that nor- the north end zone or whatever. I mean there was a lot of empty seats there, but. Um, but, yeah, it was funny looking at TV and seeing all the press row people, Susan, all of them down there watching a basketball game wearing, like, winter coats. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was yeah. kind of – I got a kick out of that. 
my my sister lives in Minnesota, but her next door neighbor is is from Wisconsin. So she invited her over, and she said, "No, I don't want to come. I don't want to be embarrassed." Well, at halftime, she told me, "She said I'm going to go over there. It looks like we're playing better than I thought." So she went over there, and then she called me afterwards. She said she threw me out and called me a jerk. <laughs> at the end, <laughs> I said, well, "What did you have to do with it?" Well, I was being obnoxious. <laughs> so. Well, we were surrounded by almost one hundred percent Wisconsin fans, so Ann and I could not have possibly been better behaved than we were. Well, probably. I remember once we went up there. And uh, my husband parked outdoors, and he didn't go in. He just stayed in the parking lot. I went up there, and I asked the guy, what do you do if you want to go out at halftime? He said, oh, I'll just stamp your hand. So he stamped my hand. I thought, I haven't even paid to go in yet. So I just went right on in, sat in the students' <laughs> students box. And that, of course, that was when the students only came for the fifth quarter. It's just so weird the way they do that. They have the students come in single file, and it takes them a full quarter and a little more to get their why? section filled. I've never understood it. I don't know why. Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's anyway, real weird. you guys have a good day. You too, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Okay, bye. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I don't yeah. get it. It works for them, I guess. I, I guess. I was peeing during the jump around. That was kind of annoying. <laughs> Were you jumping around? No, but uh, it was rocking and what have you. But they didn't have a lot to cheer. That, I, like I said, that game just did not. I mean, it was great from an Iowa perspective, defense, whatever. But I can't imagine the ratings real high for people that didn't have an attachment to either program. Well, you wouldn't think so. There was not a lot of entertainment value. But like we said during the break, Kirk's not paid to entertain. He's paid to win games. And they are now 14-6. and six. Since the start of last, and I looked it up because I still get a lot. Of, oh, we haven't been the same since Doyle got unfairly yeah. let go. They're thirty and twelve since Chris Doyle left. That's a pretty good record. That is pretty good. You know, they're twenty nine and three. I mentioned they're twenty nine and three against Iowa State, Nebraska, Minnesota, and what's what? I think though, yeah. I looked up a bunch of different stuff for. I wrote a column yesterday just about the oddity that is Iowa football right now. I list. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up, but I listed off all these offensive stats that are just unbelievably bad yeah and yet then i counted it with stats that are pretty impressive now the critics gonna say yeah that's all fine and done yeah we're a, we're the best of the worst we're not elite we're nowhere close to being elite his son is keeping us from being i get that they're gonna be and they right now it's hard to dispute that but if you're gonna just look at iowa football that way and just be miserable about it then don't watch. find yeah. something else to do because that you know life's too short yeah, I mean, their games are boring. I, I Their games are boring, but still they're finding ways to win. Yeah, they win. And that's Kirk's job. I mean, and and I... I it's, People just want to change. Uh, well, and, the offense has issues. The offense has serious issues. Yeah, it does. And it is keeping them from... I mean, the gap between Iowa and the big three, even Don sort of, I think, politically correctly said it's wide. Yes. It's wide. Well, 31, nothing tells you something. But, but there isn't going to be change... If they keep winning, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, let's say they go eleven and one, and then just get destroyed in the Big Ten championship and in a bowl game, and the offense completely craps its pants. There could be change. I'm not totally convinced, Brian. Last year, I was still convinced he's going to be back. This year, I'm not. But I'm also not convinced he's going to be gone either because I think it's a developing story. I think it's a fluid situation, and I don't think there is a resolution to something like that right now. Things still have to develop. Well, you know we. 
rushed for over 200 yards in a very tough place to play, and that uh, that shows progress offensively. Now, I know we only passed for, what, 37, 37 yards? 37, yeah. Um, but that's nothing. That's not unprecedented there for Iowa quarterbacks to not pass for a lot of yards. No, but a critic will say, well, they're not going to run for 200 yards against Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. Then what are they going to do to counter? What are they going to do for plan B? And Fair I'm just, enough. And that, that's out there. And you're, they're out there because, like I say, I can write something negative about Kirk, and then I'm a Ferentz hater. I write something, ah, I'm a, a Ferentz. You're in, Ferentz got you in his back pocket. You, you're just a Ferentz apologist. You can't win right now. I mean, whereas I just try to write how I feel about that subject that certain day. And I go back and forth because that's how I feel. I mean, there's so much tribalism now. It seems like even in sports, you're either all or nothing, and that's not how it works. No. You can, your, your opinions can jump back and forth. I mean, I mean Kirk's never going to fire anyone during the regular season, and he's not going to fire Brian, nor should he right now with the way they're playing. And to fire somebody, during, what would that accomplish? It would accomplish nothing. No. All it would do is please the people that want flesh and blood and guts and just – Tear it up and, you know, and just... And that's not Kirk Ferentz. And that's not ever. Kirk Ferentz. And the fact that it's his son will make it even more not uh, Kirk Ferentz. Sure. I mean, he is. I mean, but yes, he has hooked his saddle and his legacy to his son. And right now, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, but even the critics aren't as vocal now because it's hard to make fun of a team that's 6-1 and one and leading the West. I mean, you can make fun of them all you want, but they're still 6-1 and one and... So I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's it's just a really, I, it's an odd situation right now that a team can be this successful with such a bad offense in so many ways. I mean, this running game was good for. It's been good for two games this year. Yeah. And one was against. So I'm not ready to anoint the running. Oh, it's back now. If they go out and they get 175, 200 against Minnesota, and whatever, then you start saying, okay, this team is They're starting playing, to play. A little but bit. I'm not convinced it will. Yeah. I mean, I I still think this team may have a 26 carries for 83 yards left in them. But man, they don't play against very many good defenses the rest of this year. Minnesota's defense this year isn't that good. No, it isn't. And I mean, Rutgers. I mean, God, look at their schedule. I mean, Illinois. I mean, think about. I mean, how easy, at least on paper, and this the schedule Northwestern. is. Northwestern. Northwestern at Wrigley Field. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this this is a very favorable situation. I see eleven and one, barring injuries and upsets. I see eleven and one now. And losing any of these last five, it would be considered a minor upset. Yeah, I mean, minor. if they lose to Minnesota at home or Rutgers at home, that's an upset. Now, yeah. it's an upset that not a lot of people are going to care about, but it's still an upset. And now Rutgers came back and beat Michigan State. They were down 24-6 at halftime. I think came back and won 27-24. Rutgers, I believe, is 5-2. and two. I mean, they're at least no, showing some life. they have a decent team. They're decent. But I don't think they're good enough to beat Iowa here. And, but like I said, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, they aren't on the rest of the schedule. No. So, you know, and that's not no. Iowa's fault. Play, you play who's on your schedule. Well, they may pop up on our schedule. Well, yeah, one of them's going to pop up done. in the Big Ten. If Iowa gets to the Big Ten, yeah. champion, they're going to play one of those three teams. Yep. And I'm not overly confident that Iowa will win. I'm not really confident at all that no. Iowa, no. That Iowa, Iowa would win. And I, I'm starting to think now, now is um, what is the game? Is it is Michigan at Penn State this weekend? Uh, Ohio State. Penn State at Ohio Penn State. Penn State at Ohio State. I believe. Michigan's at Ohio State in two weeks. Let me make I sure think. I got that right. I know I Michigan does play at Penn State, I believe. That's the one. I, Penn State at Ohio State on the 21st. Okay. And then where? when does Michigan at Penn State? 
Michigan at Penn State on November 11th. Okay, so that's still three. That's uh, three weeks away. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Those three are going to settle themselves here in these next in this final month. It's going to be interesting to see who's on top. Be interested if they uh, all go. You know. Beat one of them and lose one. And they of them. all go eleven and one. Uh-huh. Well, then the tiebreaker will play. Um, I'm not as confident about Penn State winning at Ohio State now as I was earlier. Um, but if it was Ohio State playing at Penn State, I'd give Penn State the edge. I, I would too. Penn State's offense, the passing attack, is kind of leveled off a little bit, and the running game hasn't been quite as explosive as I thought it was going to be. The defense has been really good. Ohio State seems to be coming together a little bit, but they've... They're not quite Ohio uh, State on, on, on offense, offense. And I don't though. know why. Maybe it's all just the quarterback, because they've got great running backs, the best receiver in college football. Eight stars on the offensive line, if there are such things as eight stars. I mean, we call. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey, Hello. I was sitting by a guy at the game, and he told me years ago, a couple of students got trampled. And so now they got to file them in, single file, holding hands, no running, kind of like at the pool, right? Oh, well, that, uh, that makes makes some sense, actually. They make them hold hands? Yeah, I, no, I, no, I just said that. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's what it looks like, though, when they're filing it one at a time. You know? The germaphobe in me would oh, well, like that, that at all. That makes sense, I guess, even though nobody else well, does Hunter that. Hunter and I but... hold hands when we go into the Yeah, but you guys both have germs all over your hands. <laughs> this was the same that about the second uh, series, told our Tory Taylor's our best player. Get him there, and him and his wife kind of give me this guy like, "Oh, great, we got a drunk belligerent sitting beside us." <laughs> but by the third quarter, he goes, "You know, you're right." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he is their MVP. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah, he is. Oh, he won uh, uh, co-special team player of the week again this. I think it's his third time. This week, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's, he's really pretty good. So. Yes, he, he is. sure is. He All is. Right. Thanks, Thanks for guys. the call. Good guy too. Really fun guy. I'm um, great personality. And you got to remember, he is 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he's 26 years old. Yeah. And I think that helps him handle the pressure. I don't think no moment's too big for him. But you heard Don say he's better at pinning opponents than Reggie Roby was. If you're better at anything in punting than Reggie Roby, you are incredible. And yeah, he was the MVP of that game. I mean, he saved oh, without question. that offense. Because, you know, Iowa, as great as we want to say they're running it, they had eight three and outs. Yeah. You know, and. Um, well, and at one point uh, in the second half, we had six, I think, six straight three and outs, three and outs. Gained three yards. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal at times, but Wisconsin just wasn't capable of doing anything on offense to mm-hmm. threaten to score. It just never felt like. One time it felt like they might score a touchdown. Hello. Do you think if Iowa goes 11-1, they'll be the first team may possibly not ranked in the top 20? Well, we're already they're ranked 23rd, 23rd in one poll. Yeah, if they're 11-1, and one, they'll be ranked almost in the top, top 10. 10. Yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, we're ranked 23rd yeah, I don't, I didn't and 24th I don't this pay week. It, The rankings to me mean nothing. I've never paid. I mean, it's sports writers ranking these teams, and – I mean, like when the rankings came out, I thought, you know, should I write a little story? But I'm sure some news that I think Hawk sent. I'm not going to write stories about them being ranked 20. Who cares? I don't just that stuff. But no, if they're 11 and one, did he did he say top 20? Yeah. Oh God. I mean, if they win this week, they might be in the top 20. We probably won't be. But but really, who cares? I'm not a big poll person. I think he was negative. It's something negativity. Yeah. Well, you this know, offense the, brings out negativity. Um, yeah, I, I bounced one uh, one guy from Minnesota when we uh, posted the uh, 
uh, uh, crossover at Kinnick, yeah. the attendance, and he goes, well, that's easy to do when you don't have a pro team. And I said, what the hell does that have to do? Well, he's saying that some pro yeah. people would be at the pro event on a Sunday, probably, yeah. I mean, whatever. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I yeah whatever. Them. I bounced them. Good. There you go. Just censorship. <laughs> yeah. Censor his ass. You're like Putin. <laughs> Not invading kicks. I see empty building. There's nothing you need there. If there was, you would be invading them. You'd have Lang and Hunter digging up from underneath. <laughs> But they have nothing there you want, do they? I had a very harrowing weekend. Are we going to hear it about it? Uh, my cable box uh, died. Oh. Well, I slept on my glasses, so now the one rim is way down. and <laughs> It's a lot harder to get it back to where you want it than to get it where you don't want it. I've done that. I, I mean, I'm going to probably – I need new glasses anyway, but I don't have time to go out to Lynch Crafters yeah. this week. So I'm trying to figure out – I got some – I'm going to put some weight on it to see if it will kind of bend back because when I put it on, my world becomes a little A little wonky? Dizzy. No, well, these are subscription. Cut but it I, in half and then they'll have but a I can't wear. I mean, these are subscription, but I can't wear sunglasses everywhere. I think you'd look good wearing a monocle. Yeah, wear a monocle. Yeah. Cut it in half. There you go. Hello. Hey, that was a good win on Saturday, but I I think the Hawks are going to have to win out because Wisconsin's got a real easy schedule, too. Well, they do have to play Ohio State. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, could... You're right. Their schedule is quite easy, but they do have to play Ohio State still. Well, that will help. Yes. Yes. And they could lose. I mean, I, I from what I saw Saturday, that team could lose to a lot of. That team could lose that team could this lose, coming they could Saturday. They could lose at Illinois this Saturday. Don't they at Illinois this Saturday? Yes, but I, I will also say that this Iowa team could easily lose one of these next five games. It could. I don't. I, I, I don't. I think this week is one of their more winnable games left on the schedule. I the one at Nebraska at the end of the year is a concern for me. Oh uh, yeah, if they're healthy. I can see that. They beat us last year. Start, yes, and they weren't very good last year. They're starting to come together a little bit. And even the games prior to last year were down to field goals. No, With exactly. The Nebraska game to me, I mean, I, 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 I'm saying that it, there's an easy path to 11-1, but if I was if pressed on it, I'd probably still maybe stick to 10-2. Somebody, they're going to – Iowa, if it's typical Iowa football, they're going to lose to one of these last five teams, even though they're probably going to be favored. But, yeah. man, it's, it's an easy – process of picturing scenarios in which they win yeah i mean a game at rutgers would concern me oh for sure but they're here yeah i mean that was a that would be a long road trip it would i mean i mean rutgers i know the environment out there isn't great but they're starting to fill up a little more if they're you know they're five and two they're, they're their fans are more starting competitive. to catch on but the one at nebraska that's going to be that's going to be a difficult game, assuming they're not just banged up with injuries. I mean, because Nebraska doesn't have a lot of depth, especially at key positions on offense. Yeah, well, you're right. But no, I mean, this, Iowa is the best, appears to be the best in a really mediocre division. Um, bad division. I mean, you maybe? might say bad. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could go that far. I mean, if Iowa was in the East, they'd be at the best, the fourth team. Yeah. I was thinking fifth, but no, I, I, I think Iowa maybe has more consistency than Maryland. Maryland is so up and down. They had no business losing at home. To, it no. was, wasn't it at Maryland? Um, or was it at Illinois? Let's see. At Maryland. Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible yeah, loss. Yeah, you got to win that game. That's a horrible. And, hey, hats off to Brett. For rallying the troops, because they were reeling, man. They were 2-4. They, they were really, really. That's a great win for the team and for Brett Bielema. So, nice job, Brett. 
So as of now, and this is just like the ratings, the rankings, but as of right now, Iowa would either go probably to the Citrus Bowl or the Las Vegas Bowl. I'd rather do the Las Vegas Bowl just because it's something different. And my cousin lives in Las Vegas. Maybe she'd let me freeload and stay with Except her. Except it's, it's the 23rd of December, and I don't want to trash our Christmas. But you will. No. Oh, no, you won't, won't go. Wow, no. Shooter taking a stand. No. Family first. Yeah. And God. And God. Family and God over Hawkeye football? Or is it? Well, uh, in this instance, it would be uh, family wins. God has nothing to do with it? Well, God's not a sports fan. Yeah, but he's... he's I, you know, I've never bought that theory. That God's not a sports fan? Yeah. You think God likes Well, Dion? it's like... You think God liked that game against Wisconsin, the Iowa-Wisconsin game? I think where God enters into sports is you learn something from sports and you advance or you don't and you devolve. And I think God, everything we do, God is uh, is taking us toward something what do you think god was thinking when they ran that reverse to nico that lost three yards god, god is <laughs> that i saw that god, did you see god. that coming I hey they're gonna hand the ball off to nico and those two wisconsin defenders are right there waiting for i him. think god said come on brian that was not one of brian's high points in that the <laughs> receiver thought, the receiver sweeps man when i, mean, I watched <laughs> that play i thought that if he had cut it up field quickly instead of going trying to go all the way around that he had a chance to make something good happen but then i watched the replay last night no no there was a big linebacker waiting to take off his head because they saw it coming i mean those receiver sweeps are so predictable you got us clowns legion had one night one good one yeah uh, he ran that was in the first game of the year he ran three of them one of them gained 14 yards yeah, other than that, they're just not working. No. And they look they take so long to develop and they use every inch of the horizontal part of the field and I just wish they'd scrap that play or Do we I, just have n- not have enough speed or Well, I mean I mean why else are, why are they so slow to de- develop? Well, I don't think there's a ton of speed. Yeah. I know a lot of people are asking why Caleb Brown's not running those plays. Well, he must not be as good in practice as the guys that are running them. That must be, I mean, because now there's people, why aren't we playing Caleb Brown? Well, the only thing I can say is he's not as good in practice as the other guys that are playing. But these people, some of them can't dismiss the fact that he was a four-star transfer from Ohio State and that a lot of people in the media said this could be a season-changing. A lot of people just hyped him up tremendously when he committed to Iowa. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what you did at that moment to get clicks and attention. And it was a huge deal. And then fans get all worked up. And then when he doesn't, live up to that people want to know why what's going on why are we not playing the four star from Ohio State and the walk-on from Williamsburg is playing well because the walk-on from Williamsburg must be doing better in practice well, that's all I can say it. there's no conspiracy Kirk doesn't play guys over other guys based on anything besides what they're doing just I mean now it's not just you got to live up to the standards of the program but the guys that are performing the best on the field in practice are the ones playing and this, all these other theories that have been existed for years, I mean, dating back to, oh, they played McCann over Brad Banks. It was always – that that stuff is just hogwash. Well, you look at McCann's stats. I'm drooling over McCann's stats now compared to what what we've got now. Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that about almost any quarterback. But there was this – people thought since Brad played so well in 2002, well, God, he would have done this in 2001. No, he wouldn't have. And Brad's even said that he wasn't ready no. yet. He needed another year in the system before he'd be ready to – start 
to play at the level he did in 2002. But that's been one of the criticisms with Kirk is that he plays favorites and what have you. That's not happening at wide receiver. He's playing the guys who he thinks gives him the best chance to win. Am I surprised Caleb Brown's not playing? Yeah, I mean, he didn't. I, he dressed for seven, but he didn't play. I mean, and he just must not be getting it done in practice. I guess. Because I get asked that question a lot. What, why aren't that four-star from Ohio State playing? And people got to get beyond the rankings and what they read when he committed. Because, like I said, a lot of that stuff that was written when he committed was just – People reporting the news, of course, but also building on it to get clicks and a, attention on because that's the world we live in now. Well, he had one more catch at Ohio State than he's had here. Well, I think they've only targeted him twice, but he doesn't barely play. No, I don't. I mean, he's ran a reverse a couple times and what have you. But like I said, if they can keep running for close to 200 yards, they're going to have a chance to win all these games. Yes. They, and yep. um, I'm not convinced that will be the case, but we'll see. Maybe they've turned a corner with the running game. Because, like I said, Wisconsin's defense, they, those, they're, the 3-3-5 three, three, scheme, the linebackers just didn't seem nearly as active as in the past. I mean, there were times when Wisconsin knew every running – it's like they knew exactly where the Iowa running back was going to go and they would have three defenders there waiting for him. They knew where the tight end was going to go and they'd have two defenders blanking at him. I mean, there were times when the Iowa offensive line had a great surge, dug out big holes. I mean, LaShawn did a great job of hesitating and cutting back on that long touchdown run, but there was a hole there, too. There sure and was. And he found it, and then, of course, he cut back and outraced. And it was weird. LaShawn's not the fastest running back in the world, but Wisconsin didn't have a D-back even with an angle that was fast enough to catch him. No. Nope. That was pretty telling to me. They just don't seem quite as athletic as they've been in the past. This, and they missed a couple of tackles on that run, I will too. say they got a good field goal kicker. Yes, they well, it's funny that you say that, though, because before that, the, the fans we were talking to say, if it comes down to field goal kicking, you guys are going to win. Man, he was good. He was he good was. Saturday. He was really good Saturday. 52-yarder? So. Yeah, so, and Drew Stevens is, I mean, he is what he is. He's one of the best and what have you. But, no, it was a, it just never felt like Iowa was going to lose Saturday. I never felt like. Now, when the game started, I wasn't like, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win. But once the game started playing out, after about one quarter with more, I'm like, man, I think Iowa might win this game, even though I picked Wisconsin to win. On that first drive, or Wisconsin's first drive, they were able to really move down the field, and I think, oh, boy, is it going to be one of those? And then we tightened up and stopped them on the fourth down. And Well, it looked like when Mordecai realized he wasn't going to be able to do much on broken plays, which he didn't. That really hurt them because yeah. that's been a big part of their offense this year is him extending plays on his own, and Iowa just was not going to let him do that. Nope. They're really good. Now, of course, he's not Antoine randall I mean, Iowa was really good at doing that 20 years ago, but when you've got the D-back that's in perfect position to make a tackle, Saturday these guys made it against Mordecai. Antoine randall would make a hip move and would spin and boom, gone. <laughs> you know, then there's the first down. But there's can't coaching can't do anything about that. No, They were in the right place, so – but. But, yeah, it was, um, I will say, the Iowa game day experience. Our walk, and, I'm, and I didn't mind it, but our walk, we were 1.2 miles from the parking ramp where we parked to the press box. And so, we, I mean, between that, and I walked three and a half miles just that day just covering the game, going down. Iowa's game day setup is so much better. Yeah. And the food. I mean, they had hot dogs with f- cold buns. And Iowa just does a much better job, the food and everything. I thought they would have brats with Wisconsin, but they just had hot dogs and they weren't very good. good. But it was free. I'm not compl- I mean, you know, I guess I am complaining about free food. It just wasn't very good, though. I'm more complimenting Iowa for the game day experience they, they provide for, to the media. Cause, and we all know that's everyone's number one interest is making sure the media gets treated fairly and with respect, right? 
Well, it's the media's number one. Don't you wake <laughs> up every day demanding respect? I, I, yeah, well, no. You don't? I've given up. You've given up? <laughs> Just given But no, up. it was... Uh, um, and we walked down... I can't remember the street we walked down. We didn't walk down State Street, but... I mean, Regent. I, I didn't even think it seemed that alive. I I don't know. It just seemed kind of blasé when we walked into the stadium. I, I just didn't get a sense. There I, there wasn't the electricity there it, that there it, frequently has no, been in the past. There that's yeah that was what was missing. It just didn't seem as hyped up as other times. Yeah, we've gone through there. It just seemed kind of like people kind of going through the motions and. My guess is, I mean, Luke Fickle's got himself. He's this is going to be. It's not going to be as easy as people think. And I think Barry Alvarez was so good that you wonder if Wisconsin's going to be one of these programs now that's going to be always searching for the next Barry Alvarez, kind of like Nebraska. Well, if so, they're probably not going to find one. Well, then the other thing you got to be careful too is you don't want to fire someone really early. Nebraska, I think, has fired some coaches maybe a little too early. Like Frank Solich? I don't think Frosty was too early. Frosty wasn't too early. They had Bo Pelini was winning nine games every year, but he was just a rude, vulgar, mean jerk. So they had to get rid of him. But Frank Solich was winning nine, ten games. No, he he should not have been. And fired. that's why I'm, I'm fickle. My guess is fickle will get at least four years. But let's say they go seven and six this year, and like next year they go five and seven. It's going to be ugly up there. Extremely. If they're booing as much as they were Saturday. I mean, they entered that game four and one and undefeated in Big Ten play, and they were booing. They were booing pretty. Yes, they were passionately there in the second quarter, and they were booing when Mordecai was still in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm were. like, wow, they're booing. I, it was. It was. It, were you surprised? Was anyone near you booing, or were you booing with them? Uh, no. <laughs> um, you should have just climbed on with them. <laughs> Boo! This offense sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been funny? Uh, you know, I don't think the people in our section were booing. or not. There could have been a few behind us, but okay. for the most part, it was... You know, it was mostly the students? No. Hell, the students weren't even there. They weren't even there. Yeah, they, they were still filing in one by one. Well, that guy, it's that phone be call, a, that makes sense. It's got to be a compromise between getting crampled and filing in holding hands uh, one by one. Yeah, I, there, I think there has to be a middle ground there <laughs> yeah. that you can achieve. But I think they like it. It brings a tent. That's kind of their tradition along with the, what do they call it, the walker? Jump around. Jump around, walk around. The jump around. Um, then the Iowa team, the post-game press conference is right next to the locker room, which is not always the case. It's not the case. It, it is in Iowa, too, but for uh, Wisconsin, you can just hear it. Way, it was right. It's like we were there. They were playing the jump-around song in the Iowa locker room, and I think that's, that's, I think that's great. You know, I mean, and They did one at the uh, crossover yesterday to play jump-around. Did they? Yes, they did. Did the fans jump? Did you, guys, did you bet. Did you guys rock that stadium? We did. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was. I know Susan enjoyed it. It looked like the media all enjoyed it. I'll read her article. It was good. It was really good. And um, I thought Iowa, Josh Burke and all the event management, take a bow. I thought you guys did a great job. Yeah, I thought they, they sure really, did. That wasn't easy to pull that thing off. It didn't look like any players were slipping on the court. No. Didn't see any of that. And I think once they got going, and Caitlin was smart. You saw she wore a sweatshirt underneath her uniform. Uh-huh. Uh, like Some of those girls just were out there with just their, I mean, they had to be, that had to be a little chilly. But once they got the problem is once you get going, but then when you stop for a timeout, then it's cold again. It's probably a little harder to get going again. With I mean, I think they said it was fifty-one at tip-off. Hello, tip-off in Kinnick. Um, 
Uh, hey, uh, I went to the game uh, this, this weekend also, and uh, you, you mentioned how the Wisconsin fans were booing so much. Yeah. Uh, the people that were sitting around us, um, you know, like I, I actually didn't hear them boo as much as I heard them yell and complain and tell me where you've heard this before uh, on uh, like second and ten or third and eight, third and nine, and they'd throw a pass and they would go for six and a half or seven yards. Yeah. Yep. And, and 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 you know they throw it to the to the sideline and uh, you know it go right out of bounds and you know like I just you know I, I looked around and I was like man this uh, this feels exactly like uh, you know like I feel when I'm at Kinnick you know like uh, I, I I feel like Iowa does that historically all the time you know I think if if you were to examine it most most teams d- depend on yards after catch. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that's, that's, that's true. They do, but I know what you're saying also. Um, and then I was wondering if you guys could uh, maybe talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, it seems like, and I think Kirk mentioned this, uh, uh, you know, Iowa, it seems like we give up the, the first drive of the game. Um, it, you know, the, most teams have a nice long drive, whether they score or not. You know that's mm-hmm. you know game to game, but then after that it really tightens up, um, and so obviously that's because it's scripted. And can you talk about like why is that that there is such a difference between those first ten or twelve plays and and then I, and then it's Iowa just you know make makes a change that quickly. And you know, and buttons everything up. I think it's our defense adjusting to what well, the other team's trying to do. Yeah, me and that, but I also think it's just settling in too. I don't think they made any dramatic changes in the second series. They just settled in. I think sometimes the offense can maybe catch you by surprise in that an opening drive or what have you. But I think eventually they just settle in and they start just sticking to their assignments, trusting what they can do, and. That's the only way I can explain it. And I do think sometimes offenses come out a little hyped up and what have you, but with Iowa, because I didn't notice any major, huge adjustments defensively. And remember, they didn't score on that. I mean, that, the, well, they didn't. They didn't score on that first drive. So they, they, um, but I do get why Kirk sometimes now is taking the ball because the defense has opening. But I just think that's something that's maybe a characteristic of this defense. It needs a little time to get warmed up, but I also think it's just a matter of settling. Okay, we got that out of our system. Let's go. So I wonder if Fickle, if he had to do it again, would kick the field goal on that first drive instead of – I'm sure he probably would. Yeah. Especially knowing how hot his kicker was that day. Yeah. Sure. Um, And then if you remember earlier this year, Iowa actually drove down and scored on our first drive of the game. And Mm -hmm. I know on TV they put up some kind of uh, fact about how this is the first time in so many drives that – there was, you know, a passing touchdown or a touchdown on the opening drive. Uh, do you feel like when Iowa gets the ball first, uh, or, or, or the first, sorry, the first time Iowa gets the ball, the goal is really just to get twenty or thirty yards, and no, and then I, put Taylor, no, Taylor I think in the, there. No, no, I think the, the goal is, I think the goal is to score a touchdown. I think every time Iowa gets the ball, I think their goal is to score a touchdown. I mean, it may be hard to tell at times, but but no, I don't think they go into that mindset at all. God, I hope not. Sure. Well, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Thank you for your yep, comment. Thank Thanks you for the call. Yep. No, I think yep. they – I mean, I know it's hard to tell at times, but I think every time they get the ball, their mindset is to go out and score a touchdown. I mean, that's what they're there to well, do. Well, you sure hope that's Yeah, I mean, if it's not, then what the hell? Why are you out there? Oh, I would think that's, that's it. Hello? 
Hey, got a quick question and an observation. Okay. Um, why don't colleges use the telestrators on the sidelines? The, um, the pads, the pads, you know, looking at film and stuff and positions. We know they don't. I, 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 I don't. I've never seen. Yeah, I'm not. Any I can't college. speak on a. I, 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 I'm I not real say, knowledgeable on this. I don't know that I've seen the, the Iowa dud, but I've seen teams that had. Had I don't necessarily think there's rules against it. I don't, I, I, but I don't know. Don't quote me on anything. You've got that's. Yeah. that's this I, like, I've seen players looking at uh, iPads. And this stuff. feels like algebra. You're asking a question in which I don't have an answer. Interesting. Um, the second observation. Well, it's I, uh, well that that's self evident. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm, I'm acknowledging stupidity right here. Yeah. Sorry, the, the second observation, maybe I just don't ever see it, is when the offense goes to the bench and the, and the quarterback sits down, I don't really see offensive coaches coming over and talking to the quarterback. And is that something I'm just not seeing? Or Yeah, it happens some. That's I mean, something it, you're just Yeah, missing. I don't think it's anything unusual at Iowa. It happens some. It's not like every time the quarterback Brian's in his face conversing. But, no, it happens some. And I think there's times where the quarterback walks by Brian and Brian may say something in a short little passing that he needs to say and he doesn't need to say anything more. But, no, I don't think there's anything going on on the sideline with Iowa that's really unusual. No. Okay. All right. Okay, fair questions. Appreciate it. Oh, no, these are all good questions. questions. Yeah. But, yeah, those, I mean, as far as the iPads and stuff, I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, the NFL, God, they have computer. I mean, it's amazing all the stuff they have down there. Like, remember those (laughs) Etch-a-Sketches? Yeah. Kids? Did you ever have one of those? Yeah, I did. I loved it. I wasn't yeah. good with. I mine. didn't. I wasn't good with them, uh-huh. and I got frustrated and and broke mine. Because <laughs> I could never do it as good as my brother did, and I remember hitting it with a fist and breaking it. My dad like you little brat. I know some people just drew, you know, perfect. Oh, I couldn't. Perfect I, things, and mine looked like a, my dog was. Yeah, playing mine with was the, terrible. I I, I could not draw I, at all. I was Picasso with. Yeah, it. I'm sure. You, I could not draw at all. My my brother could do. He could have been a great cartoonist. He was a great illustrator. I had trouble with stick people. Oh, my stick men are still not good. But it was funny. He could take like a sheet of paper and just write. Then if I would try to do that, I I just get, it's amazing how people have certain gifts that others don't. I mean, I could. We all have our gifts. I could never draw. I was never able to draw anything and he was always really good at it. I can't draw, but I was good on the interest sketch. Well, I can draw some. I got, uh, when I was uh, in uh, first grade, I won uh, that Art Nagy. Was that his name? Uh, that you draw pokey, you draw... Oh, you mean the <laughs> art contests that were in yeah. all the... Comic books. Comic books. Yeah. I don't remember anything yeah, I did. Yeah, I was going to get a scholarship. I don't remember <laughs> anything I did in first grade. You know, I can honestly say I don't remember one thing I did in first grade. I remember drawing those uh, drawing those things and sending them in. I mean, I remember Mine drawing on an extra sketch as a kid, but I like I said, I don't know if it was in first grade. I mean, I have no... It's amazing that your mind works that way, that you're able to remember something. I can't remember a lot of stuff from my childhood. I thought this is cool. Our Esquina, um, our our corner of the sports world, amplifying Latino voices and stories. Subscribe to YouTube channel at the link below. They have named 
Iowa, Sebastian Castro was all over the place, securing an interception and helping the Hawkeyes get a safety against Wisconsin. Castro is our Esquino's Player of the Week for Week 7. He leads our weekly recap of Latinos in college football. That's awesome. That's cool, That's man. Cool. That he is re- really cool. Reminded me of Bob Sanders Saturday. Seriously. Yeah, he was really good. He was terrific. He was the best defensive player on the field Saturday. Just Cooper some... was good, too. Don't get me wrong, but no. this Jay Huge had hits. his 13 tackles, but no. Sebastian was the one that really stood out yep. on the field. I mean, and, and I thought the defensive line, other than a couple series because there was a lot of times when Braylon Allen didn't have any room to run then there was that one that little swing pass that Castro just blew up the ball went flying about 15 I thought it was going to get intercepted it was yeah I did too so yeah no he was very impressive and he's the typical symbolic Iowa football player fifth year senior waited his turn not heavily recruited and here he is he and LaShawn went to I think it's Oakland Richards high school they both went to the same high school so yeah proud day for that for that high school, and yeah, because LaShawn was, LaShawn was great. It was funny when he was asked about, I asked him, were you, did you see that D-back coming angle? You know, coming at, what were you thinking? He's like, I don't remember, I blacked out. He said he blacked out during the run to the end zone, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. But I saw that D-back coming, and I'm like, no, he's not going to catch him because that D-back chasing him wasn't that fast. No, he wasn't. He really wasn't. And I, yeah, I saw him coming. I said, oh, shoot, he's going to get him at about the 10-yard line. And then nope. you, then you, then I said, well, field goal. He's, he's losing uh, four points. No, I was thinking, you know, if he doesn't get into the end zone, they're probably not going to score. Oh, for sure. And it would be a loss of four points. But um, I picked him to lose 19 to 11. So I was only off four by four points with their points. But like I said, I just overrated Wisconsin. I had them, I gave them more credit being at home. I thought Mordecai would be better. I just wasn't that impressed with Mordecai. I, I thought, Don seemed to be more impressed with him than I was, so maybe that's on me. I thought Wisconsin was going to be a much better team than they, they weren't turned out good. to be no. Saturday. Well, no, I'm but, glad they they weren't. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like you said, if you like the path of least resistance, man, Iowa's traveling down that path this year. I mean, next year the schedule is going to be a lot more difficult. I mean, like I said, if you, look, if you take all these games right now, they're favored in all the rest of these five games. Okay, uh, Wisconsin, outside of the Ohio State game, they play uh, at Illinois. With a backup quarterback. At Indiana, Northwestern at home, Nebraska at home, at Minnesota. Man, that's an easy schedule. It is. They could easily win four four of those five games. Yeah, no, they they could. Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, So, as Tom said, the people around us actually weren't booing. But it was a little like being back in Kinnick because um, every now, you know, every time they, you know, not quite make the third down conversion, the hands were thrown up in the air and throw the ball and run the ball. And a guy behind us was yelling, fire Longo. And isn't he like their first year offensive coordinator? Yeah, he's in, their first, he's in his yes. first year. Yeah. So there was and several times I heard, fire Longo. Um, yeah, so they were pretty... The people around us were very first, frustrated, first and it was uh, it was very reminiscent of being uh, in our home. It <laughs> was, and then the people that c- were screaming for a flag on every single <laughs> stop that Iowa made. Guy, guy in front of us, he it jumped up, and of course he was eight feet tall, so he blocked the entire field for me. Uh, every, every, he jumped up and he you know, did the motion, like, throw the flag, throw the flag, and it's like, you know, that pass wasn't catchable. It wasn't really interfering. Yeah, I thought anyway. the officials and were the fine. It was like yeah. sailed three feet over his head. You, you can't throw a flag on that, dude. No, yeah. But of course, Tom and I were very quiet, very well behaved, 
and uh, when uh, when the Hawks would do something well, we'd we'd politely applaud quietly. <laughs> well, there you go. And then look at each other with our eyes real wide. You know, did you see that? <laughs> I mean, Brian Ferentz is at least in his seventh year for the booing. You know. <laughs> This uh, Longo's been there for half a season, and he's trying to revamp an not offense. Not even quite because they had yeah, a bye week. Yeah, that, and he's trying to completely overhaul Barry <laughs> Alvarez's offense. Yeah, and they, and that guy wanted him gone. He was he was the only one, and the people around us weren't booing, but it wasn't just the students. I no. mean, cause you know, it's when you hear what's going on across the stadium much better than you hear what's going on on your side. Sure, for sure. sure. And yeah. um, and it was it was you know. People in the good seats making some noise. Yeah, so, and they're not a fun team to watch either. No, no, no. no. It was Tom turned to me at one point and he said, "This is this is one ugly, frustrating football game." Yeah. I think it was like that stretch through the third and the fourth quarter where it was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, yep. and neither team really made much in the way. The only good thing is like the clock was moving. Like seven of those in a row. The yeah. clock was moving too slow. It was though. moving slow. There wow. were tons of timeouts. Yeah, it was. But, hey, if yeah. you're going to be in one of those games, you may as well win it. There you go. Well, exactly. We were up there, and, and it was pretty subdued at our uh, tailgate afterwards. They were um, you know, they're kind of just philosophical. Did you have you good know? tailgate food? Yes. I'm sorry, what? Did you have good tailgate food? Oh, yeah. What would you have? Uh, they had um, they had created a great big taco bar in town, and I made a Ooh. taco bowl. So there was uh, so there was uh, chicken with green chilies in it. There was hamburger meat. There okay. was all the stuff to you go on top than I of did. it. Somebody brought you know the cheese and summer sausage tray. Velveeta uh, chips. Okay. We had spicy pretzels. We had um, wow. hot chocolate with schnapps in it. Uh, let's see, beer, water, cider. All right. There was this uh, other people that were in the same tailgate area, but not in our tailgate per se. They had the most elaborate setup I've ever seen. They had this uh, 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 porta bar that had like eight different kinds of alcohol in it, and they. <laughs> and, and it, was, it was trademarked. I mean, it was a, it was a thing. It had a name like Bumper Buddy or oh, Bar Buddy or inc- Bumper Bar Buddy or something incredible. like that. Like somebody. You know, markets and manufacturers that. So anybody could go up there and consume their alcohol? Did you no, have to buy? No, 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 God, no. Okay, I didn't know if you could no. pay for it or no, no just no, for no, their no. friends. No, it was for their private just, tailgate. Okay. But wow. I mean, this was the most elaborate thing, and they had a, just a full blown charcuterie over here, too, you know. Oh, yeah. Huge charcuterie uh, tray. Unbelievable. Hmm. A special, um, they had a, a special, uh, you know, badger table, little round badger tables with bistro chairs that they put out. And no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Hmm. Something else, and it was anyway. okay. weather-wise. I did it was weather. It was just okay. Yeah, it quit raining. It was. It fine. could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot well, worse. It yep. rained on us a little on the tailgate, and we went and stood under the tent that those people with the elaborate tailgate had set up. Uh, and then, um, but if Tom and I were in the seats where they usually put most of the Iowa fans, that top deck in the corner, yeah. it would have been really windy and really cold. But we weren't. We were That's in. Good. Um, uh, somebody that we know in Wisconsin, he sold us his tickets. So we were under the overhang a little bit, and we were out of the wind. That's and good. about that, the 30-yard line. So they were yeah, really good seats. So we difference. could see the whole field really well. Yep. That's good. Sounds like you had a good cool. time. Yeah, only about 45 rows up. So it was, it was pretty good. So, yeah, it was. It, it's, it was always good to see Sheila and Eric. Always, always. So, so how anyway. ironic is it that Wisconsin, known for beer consumption and over-consumption of said product, and Camp Rental doesn't sell it? I think it's only a matter of time. I'm surprised it's taken this but long. I mean, doesn't yeah. that seem surprising? That seems, yeah, that's, it does seem surprising. 
Well, you know, their concourses, I don't know about the side where the great big beautiful press box is, but the other side where we were and where we always end up, yep. it's a very, very narrow concourse. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's as narrow, if not narrow. Oh, no, it, it is very narrow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, And I'm not sure. And they can't go, the, you know, how we can, they kind of have a sidewalk between the street and the concourse where they set up the beer sales. Uh, they don't have that option. No, so they I'm don't. I'm not quite sure where they do it. But that's not my problem. Nope. Anyway, I'm ringing off now. Uh, All right. I just wanted to share my observations from Saturday. Right. Yeah, good ones, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. But, yeah, um, the it, the stadium is, it's it's not as easy to navigate as Kinnick is. Like I said, no. the, 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 the Iowa game day experience is about as convenient as it can be for the fans and the media. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Our, uh, our tailgates are... are and a very short walk from our tailgate to. to I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't mind the. I mean, I didn't like carrying the computer bag because I got this old leather bag. It doesn't have a shoulder strap, but, but we literally, it was two point four miles back and forth from the yeah. press box to our car. Some people, I mean, that doesn't really. You'd like to think they could get the media a little bit closer, but you know what the hell? I mean, it's just Hello. the media. I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, but I've noticed that Deacon has got to learn to throw around the defensive line. We're lucky he hasn't been intercepted. We we are. Five times. He gets too many things uh, batted down for one, and no, he, he he's well, he's a backup for a reason. He doesn't move his feet much. He's not moving the pocket much. So yeah, well, I mean. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see. Let's say they can't run Saturday. Let's say Minnesota just has shut their end. We've seen them not been able to run against average defense. Yes, we have. Well, then we'll see what Deacon can do. Yeah. He needs to watch uh, Brock Purdy for a little while. Yeah, but didn't Boy, they, Brock Purdy did, didn't, didn't eat us up. Yeah. Oddly well, I've, enough. I've already seen on tweet, Caitlin Clark has more wins at Kinnick than Brock Purdy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All the people looking for the gotcha moments, the yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, Caitlin Clark only scored three less points than Iowa had passing yards. I've, I've seen those tweets. Well, and, she's got the only triple-double in I've, Kinnick Stadium history. But there's just all these people on Twitter, hey, look at this gotcha moment. Come to my account. Yeah. Yeah, Read praise on me for being great on Twitter. I mean, there's just so much of that. Caitlin Clark has more wins than Brock Purdy and Kinnick. Is that what that's and Didn't San Francisco lose yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They lost to the yeah. Cleveland Browns, I think, like 19 yeah. to 17. That's why you play the games, though. And I am a little concerned because I am so overly confident about Saturday's game against Minnesota. I'm usually not confident against Minnesota. This more, says more about Minnesota than Iowa. But like Don said, they will have had two weeks to prepare. So, um, so we'll see. Oh, and, um, well, they should have beaten us last year and didn't. Yes. Music-wise, I did hear a couple excerpts of the new Dark Side. Good God. <laughs> did you hear money? We played it earlier. He's just Or a, we played part of it He's earlier. just a freak. What is I didn't hear is it. Is that on uh, Clark, Bluter, Lang, Hunter, Wild Rose, Waters. Cauldron. You think Caitlin Clark? Do you Clark's, have it on there, Jim? You think Roger Waters has heard of Caitlin Clark? No. No. If someone told him about her, what do you think he'd say? She's part of the evil deep state. He might not have had it on there. He played it. Or, though. No, I don't you think, think Caitlin Clark's heard of Roger Waters? There's uh, something up here that was just played. Do we know what that was? Would that have been it? Maybe. Let's listen. Do you want me to hit play again? Hey, yeah. what the hell? Some of the- no? 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 Oh, uh, Hunter. Hunter. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. Hunter's watching out for us. Yeah. 
He's kind of like our guardian angel. Good call, Jim. Good call, Jim. Yeah, but would he have copyrighted that? <laughs> it's terrible. The, 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 What's worse, this or that Laura Trump thing on Tom Petty? Uh, what would you rather listen it's to? It's like Roger Walter, Waters trying to uh, imitate poorly uh, Leon Redbone. Oh, God. It's real. Oh, I was God. not a Leon Redbone. Didn't he do commercials? Yeah. Yeah. What What did he endorse? See, I never knew his music. I never. He was. He endorsed something, yeah, though, where he was on TV. I can't remember. A lot in the 70s and the 80s. He was he? mean. Oh, he was mean? Yeah, he got in an uh, had well, He had to listen to his own music. You'd be mean, too. Yeah, he got in a, an interview when uh, our DJ, uh, Lisa, while interviewing him, said, so uh, what's your family like? like and he goes well what's in your business you know i'll yeah. bet that one went over well with lisa yeah well they ended up telling each other to go to hell a couple times i mean i could argue that's <laughs> private but why do an interview then if you don't well, want to discuss yeah, it exactly. I mean, just don't do the yes, interview what then. do you do when you're not you know performing and, and, and then tell a, them what you want to talk about it's a throwaway what's so question. annoying is those the people that do interviews and then bitch about questions you ask yeah. them yeah. Yeah. don't do the interview it was a throwaway question hello hey dude hey hey Hey, Leon Redbone may have been an insufferable prick, but he did a hell of a uh, Frosty the Snowman. Oh, yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, he was a good Frosty. Yeah, he couldn't hold Burl Ives' jock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, of course, being a uh, Gen Xer, I grew up with uh, Mr. Belvedere, so that one's always going to warm my heart. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere. Was, did I grow up with Mr. Belvedere, or am I too old? You're might be too. When was, I never watched it. Was he the butler? Yeah. And he butler. couldn't hold Mr. French's jock. <laughs> Mr. French sucked. That show Sorry, you, sucked. You would remember that was the sitcom that had Bob Euchre in it. Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. never saw it. It, did, it must have run in the 80s. I didn't watch TV in the 80s. Okay. I didn't. I really did not watch much TV in the 1980s. I didn't either because we were on the road, so we didn't yeah. have a chance to I, watch much. Family affair just sucked. What's that? Oh, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have strong that strong a feeling. No, I, I, that pissed I mean, me I, off. I, Jody spoke way too slowly. He pissed me off. Did it, you like Mr. French? Uh, kinda. I thought Mr. French made that show. <laughs> not Brian <laughs> Keith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. didn't the girl Joe? Didn't she die? Anisa she died. Jones. Brian yeah. Keith committed suicide. Brian Keith committed suicide. Yeah. Why? Watch that show. Yeah, Anissa Jones. Wasn't that her name? Yeah. yeah had she had real problems. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. Wasn't it Buffy and Jody? Yeah. 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 I mean, I did one, not. One... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. What, one last thing was, uh, Suter, you were there for the the crossover. Yeah. Um, I would have to say on a scale of one to ten, Hawkeye fans were maybe a five and a half to six and a quarter on doing the jump around. That's new to him. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's new to him. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. they were just moving around. I thought the wave was yeah. cool. Yeah. I yeah, think that the DePaul players, cool. the DePaul players, seem to really enjoy being part of that too. Okay. Now, speaking of the wave, the Wisconsin fans did the what the actual wave, you know, from the seventies. Yeah. What the hell? When was the last time you saw a wave? When the rainbow guy was in the crowd. Oh. Yeah. The... But the wave is cool. Well, our wave is, but not the... That's old, yeah. I mean, that used to be neat 50 years ago. Yeah. 
but so did Beta. But people don't do that so, anymore. So VHS fans do it. So was I. How, you were neat fifty years ago. I think so. Okay, I like to think so. Right. How is the wave going around a stadium not cool? Well, because I don't, it's just dated. I don't have people feelings. don't do it I'm, anymore. I'm okay with it. It's not like I, you know, I don't really have an opinion about it. Totally against. People I, don't do it anymore. I don't dude. care. I just don't yeah. care. If you want to do it, fine. That's yeah, your business. I've got arthritis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, have a great day, guys. All right, All right man. This computer is very loud. Yeah, making some strange gets, noises. Gets that way. Um, I got to go. I have to. So meet, my, I have to meet my state my farm cable agent. box. I heard. Is Jake a state so farm agent? I called up. No. I call up MediaCom, and I can smell that it's that it, something burned inside. Well, let me see if I can correct it. And I said, I don't think you can, because it smells like smoke. Well, let me try. What 20, was it? Twenty minutes later, it, it smoked. It's raw. On fire? <laughs> it ain't good. <laughs> Hello. Hey guys, was there a flyover uh, up there at uh, Camp Randall? Uh, yes, there was. Yes, there was. I was just curious because we were hiking about a half hour north, and they came screaming down past us, and that's what we were guessing as they were headed down to Madison. So yeah, no, it was a great environment and, as usual. And there was a flyover at the crossover at Kinnick too. Yeah. Cool. Very All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, fellas. Yeah. I'm glad the cross. I'm glad it didn't rain. I'm glad they were able to play it outside. It was a neat event. Now people are arguing about the Nebraska volleyball. I, well, you know, there's it's people volleyball. on Twitter pushing that crap. Which one's better? I mean, I, <laughs> well, yeah. what's their well, they had ninety eight thousand at their volleyball. Okay, but it's volleyball. This was well, basketball. Well, they're saying that the 98 is better than the 55. I well, mean, that's it just, is. Well, it's, it's, more, it's more. But there's people trying to, oh, you got to, I don't know. It's just, it's it's just more Twitter. People. It's just social media crap. People argue about anything. And then a lot of people will bring up stuff they'll, because they want to bring attention to themselves and they want to immerse themselves in both. Yeah, there were more people. There were 40,000 more people at the volleyball but this set the record for the most set people at a basketball, at a game. basketball and game. And I'll tell you what, I, I respect those. There was a lot of fans there that did not have very good seats. The ones, I mean, there was, there were, I give true. them credit for going there and being a part of it because it would have been a lot easier to stay at home and watch it on TV because the TV did a nice broadcast of it. But, no, I give those fans credit because, I mean, you know, the ones like on the 50-yard line and beyond to the, to the south, those yeah. weren't great seats. No. No. But they were still there cheering it on, and no, I think that's cool. It was great Man, to be a part of it. No, it was. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And like I said, hats off to – you think Burka made it all possible? Was it all the work of Josh I think Burka? Josh did everything. Josh, you did. Think, yeah. Josh 100%. and Kate. Josh, Josh and Kate. and that guy in the red hat. The guy in the red hat, yeah. <laughs> was he there? I don't I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. But no, I thought the wave that was, would have been great. I thought the wave was really now Wisconsin had the red hat guy and you know I'm sure they hate him too because those timeouts took forever. Well their fans That's are Fox. their fans have short fuses. Yeah. Real short. Well, this is like I said, I'm if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I'm a little worried about life's been pretty good for Wisconsin fans since since Barry took over. Well, for I sure. mean, even Gary Anderson won ten games in the one or two years he was there one year. I mean, and say what you want about Chris, he still won a lot of games. Brett won three Big Ten. I mean, it's been pretty good, and this it's going to be interesting to see what Luke Fickle does with this because he could really screw a good thing up if he's not careful. I think he's a good coach, but that, to me, looked like a team that's playing an offense that it's not ready to play right now. Well, he doesn't have the right personnel no, for and, it. No, but it's not going to be easy to recruit the right personnel hey, no, either. No, it's not. So, like, I mean – 
I don't know. I, can we assume Mordecai probably has another year left? Because it seems like everybody has another year left. I, I would assume so. I mean, if you get it, if you came into school before twenty, well, he was at SMU, right? For four or five years, I think. I, I mean, mean, he th- threw for like nine thousand yards. Threw for, didn't he? he threw for thirty five hundred in each of the past two seasons, over seven thousand in the last two. So I'm not sure if this is his fifth, or, but it just doesn't seem to matter. It seems like no, everybody have, has another year. They do. It just seems like everybody has another year left. So, so we'll see. So I think we've covered everything. I got to go meet I my think state. So? I got to meet my state farm agent here in fifteen minutes. My yearly, it's my yearly review. I hope they're not telling me. I mean, home rates aren't going. Nothing's gone up really dramatically, have they? Our home insurance rates. I don't think so. I mean, it's not Florida. Oh, another call. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I was in Madison two years ago, and I noticed that the students didn't even, uh, that student section didn't fill up till halftime or even like part of the quarter. That's how it works. Did they show up now or not? Uh, No, they come in single file. We talked about that a little bit earlier. They come in single file, and it takes them forever to fill that up. Yeah, it was it was weird. I'm like they like they want to get there just in time for the jump around in the fourth quarter, but there's no rush. So, it, yeah. it is weird, for sure. Yeah. All right, and you know, there's a lot of reasons for you know there's a lot going on outside the stadium, and I think like two years ago it was an eleven o'clock game, but still I was like, man, they yeah they were in no rush to to actually see the no, product. That's how on they the do field, it. So. Yep. Yeah. That's the process. Nope. All right, right. I, AP right, poll, Thanks, a, AP men's poll came out, and I'm only seeing two big Illinois twenty fifth. And um, Purdue four. Oh no, Michigan State. So there's three Big Ten teams: Michigan State third, Purdue fourth, Kansas number one. Gee, Duke number two. There's a shock. Yeah. Marquette number five, UConn number six, Houston number seven, Creighton number eight. Remember, Iowa plays at Creighton at nine o'clock. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's probably one that I'll be covering from home because it doesn't. I mean, to be there, it doesn't give you any advantage when you're going to a press conference at eleven fifteen, and you're. Yeah, I'll probably watch that one from home. I'm not sure yet. I'll have to. Look and see, and I'm trying to see if there's any SMC. That would be St. Mary's College. San Diego State is 17th. Not seeing anything else. But uh, Illinois is 25th. I f- find that kind of interesting. So the, this, on paper, is not a great, great year for Big Ten. No. Fran would vehemently disagree, but, I mean, this could be a schedule, This could be a year that Iowa maybe has some success because I don't think the Big Ten's loaded. But. I think they – I saw – I think it was ESPN's ranking had Iowa ranked 50th. And I see Iowa anywhere from 5th to ninth in the Big Ten. Yeah. And that's, and used, I think that's, that's pretty much the case every year, you can say. And I think that. that's probably yeah. fairly well, accurate. Well, if they get in the 5, 6, 7, 8, they're probably in the tournament. Yeah. Now, you go 9, 10, then you're risking it. I mean, but if you're in the top 8 or 7, you're most likely going to make the NCAA tournament. Okay, let's okay. end it there. Uh, close out. Uh, Thanks YouTube. again, Don Patterson. Great Click insight. That thing off. Yep. Yeah. It's off. All right. Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.